Maestro John C. Dvorak <laughs> slide whistle. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, April 1st, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 396. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from Camp Mofo in the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. If he's the April, I'm the fool every, in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. Nice try from Northern Silicon Valley, we say. Nice try. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> I would like I'll do something good. In, um, April Fool's Day. Yeah, April, happy April Fool's. Whatever but, that means. But, this is, by the way. Bull crap. I used to always do these great gags, but it's become so institutionalized now by, by the internet. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's stupid. You know, Google did theirs, you know, Google did... Ooh. What did they do? Uh, Something dumb. They said that they made the press, sent out a press release in conjunction with NASCAR that their self-driving car will be entered in the next year's <sighs> cup chase. <laughs> do you know, we had a tradition. My grandfather, Eugene Car- Curry, Renwick, I should say, Renwick Eugene Curry, on April Fool's, if we happened to be staying there, and I, I'm not sure where this came from, but everything would be upside down. And we'd have uh, a big steak and mashed potatoes for breakfast. And then for dinner, we'd have what looked like uh, fried eggs on toast with spinach. But the fried eggs were actually uh, uh, like a a cake with two pear halves. So it looked like a yolk with whipped cream around it. And then my grandfather would eat the spinach with a pair of pliers. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's like <laughs> that's a good one, and I never really <laughs> like understood. <laughs> Even be like, Argh. I think we should all eat with pliers <laughs> on April Fool's Day, and you know, I know. No, I think we should just that should be standard operating standard, procedure. You standard. Throw the pliers in the dishwasher; they're nice and clean. <laughs> standard operating procedure. Yeah, <laughs> and you have a steak, and you hold it with a pair of pliers. Can't go wrong. And you cut it with a but knife it, or it a was, saw. It was specifically the spinach, and I was like, it was kind of cool, you know. And he would go, it's the spinach. <laughs> No wonder you're a crackpot. It's funny. I just remembered that. I'm like, Grandpa used to do this crazy-ass thing. It, that's, how weird is that? I wish he were still around, man. That guy was pretty awesome. He probably is. He's probably right now smiling at me, chomping on some caviar with his uh, pliers. Oh, boy. Well, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea and boots on the ground and feet in the air. And I'd like to say a special warm welcome and hello to all of the human resources who are in our chat room, always there to keep us on the straight and narrow and to yell ugly things. How dumb I am, as an example. Uh, (laughs) We have quite a quorum, actually, today from all around Gitmo Nation. That's at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Good to have you guys on board as we do the program live every Thursday and Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Gitmo Nation West time. That would be Pacific Daylight time in this case. So you'll have to adjust for your uh, for your time zone. And uh, it kind of came to a realization, John, that um, the entire world seems to... Well, we have such a, a, a control grid on our consciousness here that while uh, we have a million people on the streets of Spain uh, it, uh, rioting against their government burning stuff uh you know and and the gestapo police are there beating them into submission and spain is just the latest you know our government is so smart they turn us against each other 
It's like the whole weekend, you know, you didn't see a single thing about Spain on television. Not a single thing. All you see is like white guys and black guys arguing about race and how we're all going to go kill each other. And it's just, you know, it's like, wow, we are so dumb in America that we allow that to happen. Well, we don't have much of a choice because the media is the one that controls the, uh, the, the, the collective message. unconscious. Yeah. Here's a, I know you have a couple of Spain clips. Let me just uh, give you a, just close your eyes and imagine lots of kids burning stuff and smashing windows and, and just being really angry. Oh, yeah, and shooting. <laughs> I'm doing this because of the new government's abuse when it comes to spending cuts, erasing and denying those achievements we gained with many years of work and sacrifice. It's going to be irreversible. I don't like anything about the labor reform. I don't see it helping employees. You know, they get it. They really get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, they get it. They do. They they also knew this was coming some time ago when they when they got. When they acceded to the uh, European, EU's, yeah, European Union, yeah. uh, allowing them to the spend as much, you know, borrow a bunch of money and spend it on projects that were uh, waste of money. I mean, I, when I was in Madrid, I talked about this with the, some of the locals. Garcia, being one of them, I haven't been able to get a hold of him, by the way. And oh, really? um, oh. well, that doesn't sound good. And we uh, and we took the road. You know, I talked about that freeway that was built. Uh, Outside of Madrid, yeah, yeah the, the beautiful like that one. No one's driving on. There's nobody on yeah, it. Period. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's, a, I have a clip uh, with more examples of this, mm-hmm. uh, which is the one about. Which, what's the clip name? Here? Spain is screwed. Would that be the one? No, I don't <laughs> Spain think so. report. Uh, Spain is screwed and pay, Spain report. Play, play Spain is screwed. Yeah, that seems like a more fun one to me. Let's see. What you <laughs> a further problem is the debt of the regions. Valencia has the highest debt, a region struggling with the legacy of having backed prestigious projects. Valencia splashed out on a dazzling city of arts and sciences. The only problem, debt, still around 600 million euros. Castellon Airport glimmers in the sun. The cost, 150 million euros of public money, but there was no demand and no plane Yay. has ever landed here. <laughs> I remember that. No, no plane, plane, no plane ever has landed. ever landed. That reminded me of that road when I saw this report. <laughs> we should go and land there. <laughs> yeah, you'd like, be the first plane. He's like, uh, hello, November Delta 771. It's a beautiful we're, little, it looks like a beautiful little uh, airport that has got nobody. And we'll be nobody. like, foam up, <laughs> foam up the runway. There. We're coming in. So the Spanish had, a, and I reported on this when I went to Madrid recently on the show, that they, they have built all this cool stuff. And it, it's all over Spain, too, because I noticed this when I was in uh, a couple of years well, earlier. If, if, you, if you take take that road to Marbella. It's which is now what you know. Of course, they had to build that beautiful road because uh, it used to take you know three four hours for the elites to get to their boats in Marbella, uh, and they built this road. And it's forty five minutes from the from the airport, 
And it's just it's phenomenal. There's nothing but concrete sitting empty along the whole road. Yeah. Well, they I noticed these, like, if you go to Bilbao, they have all this, these beautiful subway stations. And no trains. Built. They, 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 <laughs> they built up Spain with EU money that was just kind of, because I guess when the, I don't know when, when this began, but I guess at some point the EU felt like, you know, frisky. Yeah. And so they're doling out all this money and then these countries aren't used to seeing that much free money and I guess they didn't read the fine print. No, they, so they basically locked them in. They stole them. Some, they stole the money. All the, well, they, yeah, come on. It's like it's all in buildings and everyone's already on their boat and sailing away and uh, setting up camp in Paraguay. The you know, Italian the case is the, these guys aren't this, this is, and when you listen to these reports from the BBC, like the, the other one, which I have, you can play it if you want. The, uh, it's, a, it's apparent that the, the model, the Greek, the Greek situation is almost, is the fractal, is, is the, or the, the template section. It's the template for everything else. And so Spain's just going to be the next domino. Well, you know, the uh, Italians, the Italians are also protesting, but in a different way, which cracked me up. Uh, Baron von Pelsmacher sent me this. The uh, Italian um, pharmacies are so angry about the um, austerity measures, which of course include a whole bunch of measures as it comes to uh, health care. They have now said, we will no longer supply anyone with Viagra. And that, and there's a real panic in, in Italy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? No Viagra? No, 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 no. That's cool. That's, that's, you, that's, a, well, you should hit them hard, man. Cause you know, it's all those old douchebags in, uh, in parliament who, who need it. <laughs> like, hey, wait a minute. No Viagra. We should probably change something here. This is not good. Then you go to Switzerland to get it. So then here in, uh, go to Iran to get it. Yeah. They got plenty there. It even looks right. Uh, so of course here we still have nothing but the Trayvon Martin case, uh, which is just pitting each other. And, you know, it's divide and conquer. It's just you know, yeah. There's been some good. At least you get to see a couple of interesting little little tidbits. Yeah, it's my favorite one, which I have the clip of, is the is and he deserves a douchebag. Oh, uh, is Spike Lee? Spike Lee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We play the clip? Play yeah. There was one thing uh, I was looking at this week. Spike Lee tweeted out an address of what he thought was the Zimmerman's home, George Zimmerman's home, um, which was disturbing on a lot of levels. Uh, and uh, then it turned out that George Zimmerman didn't even live there. What happened to the people who did live in that house? That's well, this, this house belonged to a couple. They were in their 70s. Uh, they did have a, <laughs> uh, a son there who lived there at one time whose middle name was George and last name was Zimmerman. But it wasn't the right guy. It wasn't the right address. So when Spike Lee retweeted this address that was out there, this couple started getting a lot of attention from the media. They started getting menacing letters. They started getting menacing phone calls. They were worried about their safety. So they moved into a hotel. They just left their house behind. Yeah, let's give Spike Lee a douchebag. What a douchebag that guy is. But interesting, um, they uh, they posed the question to uh, Joe O'Biden, our vice presidente, um, you know, because there's two parts to this uh, controversy. One is uh, race. And by the way, I've learned that uh, if you are Hispanic, that is an ethnicity, not a race. 
So the argument... Oh, it's, a, it's a race here in California, according to everyone. No, no, no. According... If you say anything, if you say anything about the, uh, the Latino community, you're, you're a, racist. a racist. No, you should... Technically, you should be an ethnicist. Well, I think no, most guys can't pronounce it. <laughs> That's they would like to scr- say that. I'd like to say ethnicist. You're an ethnicist. You darn ethnicist, you. No, because you know the, that's the argument. I know it's not a race, but it's the the point is is it, if you if I, you will get called out as a racist if you do anything that's a you know you like bitch about the immigration laws or do any of these things, you're a racist. Yeah, and and the the Mexican Americans and the Mexicans will call you one. Yeah, it's so funny. So make because, up your mind, people. It, but it's so funny. I I really well maybe I'm just hopeful, but I really don't think most Americans give a crap anymore. Everyone's brown. Everyone's brown now. It's like we've intermingled, intermixed. Everyone's brown. It's cool. Yeah, Christina's boyfriend, Juan. The name is a giveaway. Juan. Juan. Yeah. Her next boyfriend will El- be two. Juan Francisco. No, you know, it's like, I don't, need, I don't see this. I don't see that he's brown. I'm, I just hope we get some cool grandkids with like, you know, chocolate brown with blonde dreadlocks. I'm hoping for that. Anyway, oh, Biden is asked then about... Why? We don't know, but go on. No, it's a, it's a, everyone wants beautiful grandkids. Come on. With dreadlocks? Yeah. Dreadlocks stink. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I said that. I hate that. This is one of those millennial things. I even wrote a blog post about it. About what? People saying, you know, they'll give you a criticism like, you're no good, just saying. Oh, yeah, just oh. saying. Oh. Yeah, you've been doing that a lot. I, no, you I have not been doing. I have. I have not been doing it a lot. And in fact, it was done to me over email, and I was so angry about it that I wrote a blog post about it. We have to eradicate this. Okay, just saying. But yeah, you can call me out if I do it. It's, that's how bad it is. I hate it, and I and I still do it myself. All right. Okay. All righty. All right. Jeez. All right. So, oh, Biden is asked about the gun issue because you know, of course. When we have, uh, when you put uh, the people of America and you pit them against each other, you don't want them, uh, you know, having guns because, you know, we uh, eventually guns could be used against, uh, I don't know, the government or something. That's not a good idea. So uh, he, uh, Joe Biden weighs in. Well, look, on balance, I think that it's important look. that people be put in a position where their Second Amendment rights are protected. But that they also don't, as a consequence of the laws, unintendedly put themselves in harm's way. You know, the bulk of the people who are shot with a weapon, other than these drug gangs taking on one another, um, are end up being shot with their own weapon. Let's dispel this myth once and for all. What? Did he? What? <laughs> is, is that even a myth? No. The, Nobody believes that. People who get shot the most are shot by... Uh, they shoot themselves, apparently. No, American military weapons or drones or bombs. That's how most people are killed with weapons. It's with stuff made by GE and Boeing. Let's be honest about it. No, but even if we just drop them from the formula, he's claiming that most people are shot with their own weapons. Yes. Statistically, it's a fact. You didn't know that? It's not a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> Where did that fact come from? Is it's it a from fact. who? I don't know. Joe Biden. He's the vice president. Who are you to question him? Um, and so uh, the, the, the idea that there's this overwhelming additional security in, um, in the ownership and carrying concealed and deadly weapons. It's silly. I, I, I think it's uh, the premise, not, not the constitutional right, but the premise that it makes people safer. Um, <laughs> Down to the Texans. W- Do you know what? I, I heard this clip. 
I went out and bought a new gun. I swear Texas to God. Has, and the other states that have white, in fact, what's one of them? I think is New Hampshire. Is it another one? I don't know. They have much less crime because everybody's armed. Everybody's polite. It's like, you know what? Hey, man, I'm not going to mess with you because you might be armed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't even have to have a yeah. gun in Texas. Exactly. Exactly. Walk around like you've got one. I got the, uh, the Ruger zombie slayer. Oh, have you ever geez. seen this? It actually says it actually in green letters on the side. It says "Zombie Slayer," and you get these little uh, ammo that has a little green tip in it. <laughs> it's it's very cool. <laughs> the Zombie Slayer. I'm like, are you seriously selling this? Yeah, I need one. That's too cool. There it is. Yeah. It's a little handgun. It looks too small. So it's, what's it's a three eighty? Three eighty. Yeah. No. <laughs> The zombie slayer. They also have it with a green laser sight, but I, I thought that was a little over the, oh, that was a little please. over the top. <laughs> yeah. What's up with these ideas? Uh, well, I've never genius. heard of such a thing. It's genius, I tell you. <laughs> so it cost you three hundred fifty nine bucks? No, I no, I got it much cheaper than that. Oh, that's mail order is three fifty nine, and I got a low deal. serial number. I got like uh, uh, one twenty eight or something. Which is good. It's a, it's a collector's item. What are you looking at that costs 300 bucks? That's too expensive. I was looking online. Oh. Mm. So um, I did a lot of research for, uh, for everybody. I felt it was necessary. And I, I'll, I'll let you choose. Uh, zombie slayer. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just distracted by the stupid little gun. It's He's got a one-inch barrel. Can it's, it even hit anything? Well, I'm going to take. Doesn't even have a sight. I'm going to take it out on the range. I bet you it's really you know, good. It doesn't even. Does it even? Have, no. Yeah. It does does it have a sight? It doesn't. Yeah, look it, like it has. It. it has a little sight. It has a little. No. Sight. Yeah, it does. Well, it's, I, I don't have it here. I think you just shoot away like a maniac and run for your life. Yeah, All right, well, go on. Well, that's what pistols are for. They're just to shoot until you get to your rifle. They're not for actually hitting anything. Um, God, here's another crappy looking gun. I hate to change the topic, but here's a 70. 70- oh, this is a laser plug. Never mind. Go on. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, really? Please stop already. Uh, well, I read through several pieces of legislation. Maybe I should start with one. Um, the first thing, I started receiving a whole bunch of emails from people um, which, of course, is a, an online campaign um, which shows which senators voted against taxing big oil, you know, like, uh, and, and, and the amount of money they've received from oil companies and uh, special interest showing how corrupt our, uh, our government is. Now, duh, so we know all that. But then I'm like, you know, what actually was this bill about? Because the president came out in the Rose Garden had a cross-section of Americans behind him, just some nondescript people, all shapes and sizes and colors and figures, and, you know, and he, I would refer to the American people, and he'd kind of, like, glance over his shoulder, like, them back there, do you identify? And um, I think he was being very disingenuous once I read what this legislation actually is. And I, and I, and I want to share that with you because, you know, it's a very Republican thing to say that this was bad and, you know, we have no agenda but I think that there was something that he was not saying or lying about that, that we, it'll be good for you to know uh, when the conversation comes up at a cocktail party. Here's what the president said in the Rose Garden. Uh, today, members of Congress have a simple choice to make. They can stand with 
the big oil companies, Ooh. or they can stand with the American people. Right now, the biggest oil companies are raking in record profits. Profits that go up every time folks, folks. pull up into a gas station. That's right. The profits go up now. And I don't think the profit margin goes up, but okay. But on top of these record profits, oil companies are also getting billions a year. Now, that is by itself really bending the truth. Because it's not like there's some law somewhere that says, hey, you're an oil company. Here's a billion dollars. You know, that, of course, we know. That, that- <laughs> no, it's true. There's an oil depletion allowance, which is. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's much worse than that, John. I found out what this is really about. But let the president continue, because this is part of his campaign, really, just to scam us. And, and if this legislation had been signed, I believe it truly would have resulted in something very bad. So let's continue. Billions a year in taxpayer subsidies. Subs- subsidies. A subsidy that they've enjoyed year after year for the last century. Century? Really? Think about that. I'm thinking. Think about it. Think, think about, about it. it. Hold on. Are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, wow. Wow, what a-holes, right? Oh, those guys uh, are the worst. uh, Horrible. It's like hitting the American people twice. You're already paying a premium at the pump right now. What premium? What premium? I don't understand what he's saying there. You're already paying a premium? Or does he mean we're we're tanking premium? Because I get regular. I don't get premium. No. And on top of that, Congress, up until this point has thought it was a good idea to send billions of dollars more. Now, wait a minute. He's saying, John, what I'm hearing him say is Congress has this big bag of money, and they go or they pass the hat around, they put billions of dollars into it, and then they go, hey, here you go, billions of dollars. In tax dollars. Tax dollars. To the oil industry. Yeah. It's not as if these companies can't stand on their own. Oh, okay. All right, so uh, now I'm interested. And uh, then he goes into this whole thing about what we really should be doing is not giving these billions of dollars to uh, these horrible people who are already charging a premium on us for some reason. Uh, But we need to put that into other really great things we know work really, really well. I think it's curious that some folks in Congress who are the first to belittle investments in new sources of energy are the ones that are fighting the hardest to maintain these giveaways for the oil companies. Giveaways. Now it's a giveaway? Instead mm-hmm. of taxpayer giveaways to an industry that's... It's taxpayer giveaways. ...never been more profitable. <laughs> He's good. We should yeah. be using that money to double down on investments in clean energy technologies that have never been more promising. That, was, that have never been profitable. Yeah, <laughs> never, been, never been profitable ever. Never been more or less, no, but it's never been profitable. Let's see, Solyndra. You can't make money doing it. No, no, you can't. That's the problem. It works. I mean, you can put a windmill up and it works, but, you know, the cost of the windmill, you'd have to use it for 50 years before it starts to pay back. But, okay, uh, he is saying something truthful here about doubling down, and I'll, I'll prove that to you in a moment. Investments in wind power, Ooh. solar power. Biofuels. Biofuels. Investments in fuel-efficient cars and trucks. Oh, yeah. Battery cars. And energy-efficient homes and buildings. That's the future. Now, remember he's saying investments here, right? That's the only way we're going to break this cycle of high gas prices that happen year after year after year as the... That's not true. It's only happened recently. Yeah, yeah. It happened in the 70s, and then it settled back down. Now it's happening because of him. Economy is growing. The only time you start seeing 
lower gas prices in, is when the economy is doing badly. Huh? Is that true? No, it's not true at all. It's just the opposite. Yeah. I, I, anyway, I, whatever. That's not the no, kind I mean, of... In the, hold on a second. In the 70s, when we had a, a downturn... horrible economy, yeah. The, that's when we had that... The OPEC decided to gouge everybody, so they jacked up the prices, and then we started having $2 gasoline. It was always way under a dollar before then. And now, when the, since the, uh, since the uh, 2000 to dot-com crash and the downturn in the, in, from 2000 to 2007... Uh, which was started to pick up and then it crashed again in 2008. The oil prices went up a big time during a Bush and they were bitching and moaning about it during the election. And now when the economy tanked, it's gone way up. So what, so he's, so where's, what is he thinking? What is he, what, what, where's his logic from? Well, I don't know, but he asked you to think about it. I did. And he's full <laughs> of shit. Economy is doing badly. That's not the kind of pattern that we want to be in. We want the economy to be doing well. And people to be able to afford their energy costs. Okay, now, so I'm down with that. But you know, I'm like, what? Why? You know, if you listen, if you listen to the president and he tells you to think about it, and this, you know, I've got all these visuals of he's told me to think about it. So I've got a visual of Congress just sitting around smoking cigars and handing out billions in cash. I'm like, wow, man, you know, it's like, yeah, screw those guys. What's up with that? Okay, so I go take a look at this bill. This is. Um, House, uh, sorry, Senate Resolution 2204, uh, also known as the Repeal Big Oil Tax Subsidies Act. Nice number again. uh, S2204. It'll be in the show notes at 396.nashownotes.com, marked up for your convenience. So the... um, The whole bill is, you know, kind of what he's saying, you know, extension... For credit for certain plug-in electric vehicles extended by a year, um, extension of credit for alternative fuel vehicle refueling property. So if you know if you're going to set up a refueling station, you get a credit. Okay, I mean if we all agree with this, that's fine with me. It's okay, and I don't necessarily believe in all of it. But algae, by the way, this is an interesting one, is algae. is now being treated as a qualified feedstock for purposes of the cellul- cellulosic biofuel producer credit. So I guess yeah, uh, algae is a real winner. Yeah, that's a real winner. <laughs> Burning algae. All right, so there's just pages and pages of this. Um, then it comes to the relevant, right at the very bottom here. It is the, uh, well, actually, midway we get Section 108, Extension of Production Credit for Wind Facilities. So uh, I'm already like, hmm, production credit. Okay, what is that? Wind Facilities. Uh, will now be uh, uh, taken into consideration for the so-called production credit. Uh, also, an increased credit amount for Indian coal facilities. So coal apparently is okay. Uh, it's, it, the coal is all through this thing. Then we have extension of election of investment uh, tax credit in lieu of the production credit. So I'm like, what is this production credit thing? And, uh, oh, I might want to point out, there's an expansion of qualifying advanced energy production credit. Uh, it's uh, merely $4.6 billion. That, uh, so I, actually, it was 2.3, and it's now been doubled. That's the doubling down to 4.6. Okay, so we're spending an additional uh, $2.3 billion on advanced energy project credit, which I guess means research and development and setting up other stuff. It's not really for producing anything. Uh, we're also extending the mine rescue team training credit and the 
uh, election to expense mine safety equipment. So mining and coal is good. That's okay. That's a part of it. Then at the very bottom, last page, repeal of oil and gas subsidies, subtitle A, close big oil tax loophole. Okay. So this is where these guys are getting their bill. <laughs> this is doing in a bill. I'm looking at it, too. You're going along, this extension of this, because you bend, blah, 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 and it says, close big oil tax loophole. Right. So this doesn't belong in a bill. Well, here's where it gets very interesting. And you know me. I'm For some reason, I get off on this. Yeah, I, I love like reading this crap. Limitation on Section 199 deduction attri- attributable, attri- attributable, attributable to oil, natural gas, or primary products thereof. And what it is saying is denial of deduction. Uh, Paragraph four of section 199C of the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 is amended by adding at the end the following new subparagraph. Special rule for certain oil and gas income in the case of any taxpayer, that would be a corporation, who is a major integrated oil company. um, Essentially, that uh, deduction credit will no longer uh, apply to them. So then I'm like, you know what? Why don't I go take a look at section 199? Of the uh, Internal Revenue Code. Here it is. Income attributable to to domestic production activities. This is uh, in our tax code. It allows the deduction of 9% of your cost if you produce something in the United States from American goods. So in general, I'm reading directly from the tax code. Domestic production gross receipts means the gross receipts of the taxpayer, which are derived from any lease, rental, license, sale, exchange, or other disposition of qualifying production property, which was manufactured, produced, grown, or extracted by the taxpayer in whole or in significant part within the United States. So that would be any type of energy product, but also any qualified film produced by the taxpayer So the entire uh, movie industry uh, is allowed to deduct 9% from their uh, gross receipts right off the top. You don't know that's for their production. So it's really their cost. Um, Electricity, natural gas and potable water produced by the by the taxpayer in the United States. Also, you get that production credit construction, engineering or architectural services. Right. Notice uh, making a podcast is not on this list. Um, now, what is excluded? Excluded is the sale of food and beverages prepared at a retail establishment and the transmission or distribution of electricity, natural gas, or potable water. So pipelines and stuff don't count. Oh, by the way, any computer software, such as anything Apple makes or Microsoft, also enjoys this 9% deduction. So what they are saying is... We want to take one little division, well, not little, but one portion of the American industry, of all of them, and make them pay for the algae stuff by removing their 9%. There's only one thing that this would have resulted in. Increased prices. Because that would have been passed right on to us. So what the yeah, president what should happened. have said, hey, We all agree we love algae and we love the solar and we love the wind power, which has now been added. So let's pay more for it. Do we all agree? Should we just put another 9% on what we're already paying for gas? Then let's pass this bill. But he doesn't say that. And by the way, why don't we just lower it for everybody? Apple's got a lot of money. Why can't we take some of their dough? 
Oh, no, the iPad would be more expensive. So I was kind of shocked at the disingenuity. I don't know if that's a word. You know what I mean, though, right? I like it, though. It's something about ingenuity, disingenuous, kind of combined to make disingenuity. It's called the bull crap, then. Yes. It, it, he was disingenuous. It, it, it not. Well, gee, real Obama? Yeah, but it was. Holy crap. Let me write the date down. <laughs> when, when did he give that speech? This past week. Wow. I mean, I got to put that as a first. So, you know, I was just like, wow, man, you know, it makes it sound like we're just handing out, but we're handing the same billions of dollars to the movie industry. I mean, how about this? How about we make the price? It's only 2.6, 2.3 billion. That's all that we're really adding into it. Well, let's, let's double it. Let's make it, let's make it 5 billion. Do you mind paying an extra $2 for your movie ticket? It will save the planet. That's how you do this, not by lying about guys in the room handing out billions of dollars. Well, obviously you can't do it that way because nobody's going to pay two bucks on a mo- extra on a movie <laughs> ticket for algae growing. I don't think so. Yeah, what are you talking about? Because everybody knows this is all just, they're kind of feel good. It's all feel good. You know, yeah, we got to get to wind. Yeah, I feel a lot better about myself because I support wind power, man. <laughs> and the algae, man. They're growing algae, man. But paying two bucks, so no. No, hey, 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 hey stop that. thing is a farce. Stop that crap. We can't, we can't be having that. Much to turn the public into cynics. All right, then the, so you got to lie to them. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. but but it keeps on going because you know, and I'm like, okay, that's enough. And I'm like, oh. and then I saw oh, you went deeper into this. Not into this. Okay. Then he comes out with his little show, which he does every uh, every weekend. It's the uh, the Barack uh, the Barack show. It's a romantic comedy. It's called the Presidential Address. And uh, <laughs> and in this, he's pushing the Buffett Rule Act, which actually is uh, the Paying a Fair Share Act of 2012. So there's just so much in this that is not true. And, of course, I read the act as well. And I want and I need your help on this because this is really not okay, what is taking place. So let's listen to the president from his, uh, his little show. Over the last few months, I've been talking about a choice we face as a country. We can either settle for an economy where a few people do really well and everybody else struggles to get by. Wait a minute. That, isn't that the American dream? Yeah, it was the American dream. Just getting by. I thought that was good. Well, all right. Well, I guess we don't, we're not good enough now for you, huh? Or we can build an economy where hard work pays off again. Okay. Where everyone gets a fair shot. Oh. You know, you know what I grew up, John? You know what my mom used to say? Life's not fair. Did you ever hear that from your parents? Probably. Well, I, I think everybody's like, heard that. That's not fair. And my, my mom would go, life's not fair. Well, I never get cut it as a snarky response to my complaints. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's I. I think I think that was kind of you know. Now my uh, um, my parents are older than you. My mom's no longer with us, and she's probably. I hope she's laughing. But uh, a decade older, or 15 years older than you, I guess. Um, that's what they would say. Life's not fair. Get over it. This is what it is. It's okay. That's how it was brought up. But now it's like, oh, everything has to be fair. All right. Everyone does their fair share. What does that mean? Fair share. What does that fair share mean? I, he loves using that. Yeah. I, I don't even know who it appeals to. All right. Idiots. And everyone plays by the same rules. That's another thing. No, not everyone plays by the same rules. Because there's people who cheat and lie and do all kinds of stuff. It's not like rules. That's up to us. Huh. And today I want to talk to you about the idea that everyone in this country should do their fair share. What does that mean? 
<laughs> now, this world, it's hilarious. He keeps saying it. For a perfect world, we'd have unlimited resources. Wait, I got to back this up. This was very funny. This was actually pretty funny. Perfect world. We'd have unlimited resources. No one would ever have to pay any taxes, and we could spend as much as we wanted. Yeah, that sounds good to me. How about you, John? I'm in. We looked at hookers. Let's spend whatever we want. There's no taxes. Now you're talking my language, Mr. President. But we live in the real world. Oh, bummer. We don't have unlimited resources. Huh. We have a deficit that needs to be paid down. And we also have to pay for investments that will help our economy grow and keep our country safe. Education, research and technology, a strong military, and retirement programs like Medicare and Social Security. That scared me. When he, when he slipped Social Security in there, did, I, I've been paying for that. He's saying we have to pay for it. Wait a minute. I, I thought we already paid for that. That scared me a little bit when he said that. But okay, I'll, I'll let him slip. They're trying to screw us. So he, um, he yes. Well, he comes out with, uh, well, not he, but there is a bill. This is Senate Bill 2059er. Uh, to reduce the deficit by imposing a minimum effective tax rate for high-income taxpayers. Actually, I should probably pay, play his 30 seconds of what he proposes to do about this. Uh, let me see. Here it is. Ah, sorry. This is the uh, Paying a Fair Share Act. Yes. Listen, <laughs> here, listen to this. The last decade, we've spent hundreds of billions of dollars on what was supposed to be a temporary tax cut. Again, with the spending. Again, it's sounding like we just gave all these millionaires and billionaires hundreds of millions of dollars. Look, here's a bag. Here's a bag, Mr. Buffett. <laughs> For the wealthiest 2% of Americans. Now we're scheduled to spend almost a trillion more. Now, you got my attention. Today, the wealthiest Americans are paying taxes at one of the lowest rates in 50 years. Warren Buffett is paying a lower rate than a secretary. Ugh. That's because he's a scam artist. Yeah, he's an a-hole. He doesn't pay his secretary enough. Meanwhile, over the last 30 years, the tax rates for middle-class families have barely budged. Oh. That's not fair. Not fair! And life's not fair! It doesn't make any sense. Do we want to keep giving tax breaks to the wealthiest Americans? Folks like myself, or Folks. Warren Buffett, or Bill Folks. Gates? Bill Gates, yeah. <laughs> Let's give him some tax breaks. People who don't need them and never asked for them? I love how he compares himself to Bill Gates and, and Warren Buffett. What is, what is Barack's uh, kitty? What is he sitting on? Folks like like them. I don't think you're in that uh, class. Speaking of class. Or do we want to keep investing in the things that will grow our economy and keep us secure? Because no. we can't afford to do both. No. Now, some people call this class warfare. Ah. But I think asking a billionaire to pay at least the same tax rate as a secretary is just common sense. We don't envy success in this country. We aspire to it. But we also believe that anyone who does well for themselves should do their fair share in return. Yeah, it's called philanthropy. And we have a very rich history of this, of setting up all kinds of foundations and funds and leaving your money and beautiful museums and libraries. And, oh, you mean something else. I'm sorry. So that more people have the opportunity to get ahead. Yeah. All right. So there's the whole idea. And if you look at the bill, it's very simple. Uh, at, at least in the beginning, it's very simple. As it says, in general, the tentative fair share tax for the taxable year is 30% of the excess of the adjusted gross income of the taxpayer over $1 million. So currently, the uh, the bracket that we have is 28% as high um, for federal taxes. And so this would be a 30% tax bracket if you make, uh, presumably, in income over $1 million. Now, this is not exactly the same as uh, capital gains. 
In fact, this document, as far as I can tell, does not necessarily deal with it. But what what this is meant to do is, and it says it down here at the very end, Congress should, it's not in the bill itself, but they're saying what, what this is intended to do is enact tax reform that repeals unfair and unnecessary tax loopholes and expenditures, simplifies the system for millions of taxpayers and businesses by eliminating the alternative minimum tax for middle-class Americans. So the bill is incomplete because it's saying this is what this is how it should work, is we tax everyone who makes over a million dollars income, not capital gains, but income, at a 30% rate so we can get rid of the alternative minimum tax for the middle class. Um, John, would you like to... I'll, I'll, I'll give the history, and then, John, maybe you can explain a little bit more how the alternative minimum tax uh, works. Because what this... This was set up in... Um, I have the history here. In 1970, then Treasury Secretary Joseph Barr found out that 155 high-income households had not paid a dime of federal income taxes. They had taken advantage of so many tax benefits and deductions, they had reduced their tax liability down to zero. And Congress responded by creating an add-on tax on high-income households equal to, at that time, 10% of the sum of tax preferences in excess of $30,000. And since 1970, this uh, uh, alternative minimum tax has been adjusted for inflation so that even though prices have gone up, um, and, uh, and, and your wages have gone up in real spending power. You may not have actually had more money. So they had to adjust that level up every single time. And that what they're talking about now is not adjusting that level, but we should get rid of it after we take the money from the millionaires and billionaires. Can you explain how the alternative minimum tax works, John, just so people kind of get a grasp on it? I, I'm not even sure myself, but I, I know this is that the alternative minimum tax was set up. Uh, to to ensure that people pay a minimum amount of tax. In other words, if you have a really good, some sort of a... Lots of write-off. It's just essentially, essentially a, a tax you have to pay minimally. Yeah. If you, uh, if you somehow got your tax, if you make money, but you don't pay any taxes. So right now, that is, I believe, I believe the amount is $183,000. If you make uh, over $183,000, um, then you will have to pay... Uh, whatever portion is over that amount, you'll have to pay uh, this alternative minimum tax over that. So there is talk of raising that to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But what they really I'm want looking here on the IRS bulletin, mm-hmm. and for the year twenty ten, uh, the AM the alternative minimum tax exemption was seventy two thousand oh, dollars for I'm, a married I'm, couple. Oh, really? Forty seven for, for a single. Oh, I'm, I'm mistaken. So over. So basically, middle class. If you're making over forty-seven, which that's forty-seven a, is is pretty, you know, very lower middle class. Lower middle in class today's right. world. We're not talking about the forties, right? And so, if you make over forty-seven thousand dollars, no matter what you do, you have a minimum tax yeah. you have to pay, right? So you, you just can't expense your way out of it. So they're right. talking about raising. In other that. words, if you make forty-seven four mm-hmm. and you spend it all because on 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 legit, I think it's all gone because just to stay alive. You still have to pay taxes. Yes. On whatever, whatever pittance you have left. Uh, and normally they've adjusted that up. But what's now happening is we're not going to adjust that. We want to have the millionaires and billionaires pay for that. 
and uh, and that will then allow us to remove that minimum tax. Well, according to the Congressional Budget Office, <laughs> they say uh, we'll probably lose about eight hundred and sixty four billion dollars over a 10 year period because this uh, the Buffett rule, according to the CBO, who it's their job to report on this would generate $47 billion over 10 years or less than $5 billion a year. But here's the kicker. This doesn't start until 2013. It didn't mention that. So well, That's because the Bush uh, tax uh, uh, lash-up expires on January 1st, 2013. Right. But he's making... Well, he's okay, making well a, you're going on... Yeah, I, I don't know how much longer you're going to dwell on this, but I do have a clip that kind of addresses... Sure addresses it from the other side please so we had uh Bernicke and uh what's his name little the guy from the from uh leave it to beaver what's his name um, uh, timmy yeah right timmy timmy geithner, <laughs> timmy geithner. and leave he uh they were uh discussing certain things and so i got got two two clips from Bernicke, which, which kind of says it all uh bernanke sorry uh first of all I'll start with the bernanke right ratio spiel now? Yeah, just play this. this is a, yeah, let me just set it up then. Um, he, he's being asked, what, what's, how long can we go on with the situation we currently have? And I think this is one of the things Obama's trying to address by screwing us up. But you'll see by the second comment that Bernanke says, which is Bernanke number two, that, that Obama's barking up the wrong tree. But go on. Chairman Bernanke, uh, is our current fiscal trajectory sustainable? In the United States? In the United States. No, it's not. <laughs> End of clip. <laughs> Beautiful. We're um, done. What is a sustainable uh, debt load for a, a country such as ours? Zero. Well, there's no exact number. Um, I think that uh, the current uh, levels would be sustainable if they were kept more or less constant relative to the GDP. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's an important criterion. If we could, over a period of years, get the debt-to-GDP ratio to some level like 75%, and then over time even begin to improve that, I think that would be a much better situation. But as it stands, the CBO uh, projections show that on current law, the debt-to-GDP ratio begins to explode in the next couple of decades. <laughs> it's like my crotch exploding. Hey, so right now our, our, uh, our debt ratio, we're at 100%, right? I don't know what it. Yeah, no, I think I, I think now with the like fourteen or fifteen trillion, it is a hundred percent of what our revenues are on an annual basis. Yeah, yeah, it's like we're like Greece. So here we're not as bad. So here, so now another guy comes back into the hearing to ask this specific question just to get uh, because Geithner is there. By the way, and I don't have the clip of him. Because uh, they go to Geithner after Bernanke says this, the following thing. And so. Geithner, and, well, I'm sorry. And Geithner says, uh, we, we disagree. Geithner disagrees, but it's, oh, really? you know, I think Bernanke's gone the right track here. So explain what happens. Uh, you've mentioned this before. And just to clarify, what happens at the end of this year uh, in terms of our f fiscal situation? Oh. Um, 
Well, for a number of reasons, um, if on current law, if no further action is taken, there'll be a, what I've termed a fiscal cliff on January 1st of 2013, what? as a number of tax and other provisions expire, including the Bush tax cuts, the ah. payroll tax, uh, UI benefits, and at the same time on the spending side is the sequestration uh, arising from the uh, failure of the super committee to agree uh, kicks in. And if all those things happen... The sequestration, that means that... Uh, uh, doesn't that mean that the, the, the Treasury and the Federal Reserve just get to do whatever they want? No, no, no. This is referring to that committee that... I know, but this, the whole thing... No, it means the, the military has to cut their spending is what it means. Oh, okay. And I think that would be a, a very sharp and uh, rapid fiscal contraction that would be uh, a, a serious negative for the recovery. Um, I hope that Congress will take the opportunity to think through where they want fiscal policy to go, and uh, this will be in some sense a forcing event. So, austerity too fast... And spending, uh, so spending cuts too soon, and uh, tax increases uh, it, it, that, that would have a negative impact on economic growth. That, that's the fiscal cliff you're speaking of. A very sharp change in fiscal stance in a short period of time uh, would have a negative effect on growth, yes. Uh, again, it is important uh -huh. to achieve sustainability over a longer period, but one day is kind of a short period to have such a big change in the position. Secretary Guy and Ryan. Let me ask you a question, uh, John, as a, as a world-renowned economist. Um, should I then wait with purchasing a home or land and, and acquiring a mortgage bef until that two th 2013 moment? Uh, well, I, for one thing, I don't think this 2013 thing is going to happen. Uh, I mean, in terms of the, everything on January 1st, the whole place falling apart. No, what you have to do is you got to get a good loan at a good price and on a piece of property that's undervalued. I mean, at any time, it could be tomorrow, it could be two years from now, it could okay. be three years from now. I mean, that's just essentially the, the rule. And right. the other thing is, if you really track uh, uh, overall economic conditions with housing prices, and you look at them, and there's been a lot of studies of this, they really don't necessarily track together. It's just, you know, odd that the housing crisis caused this last you know, essential panic that we have. Right. But they don't track together. So the housing prices could be bottoming now. They could be bottoming later or any or in local in certain local areas that could have already bottomed out. Yeah. I think that's happened in the Bay Area. I, I, I think it's happened in uh, in Austin, too, because Austin people are building, man. This is like the, the whole downtown area is just, you know, they're going big for the conventions, and it's just, you know, it's huge what's happening Yeah, there here. are some parts of the country where where the prices are still going down, and I, and I think that's because we're looking at housing, on the Horowitz show, we look at housing starts and housing prices and oh, resale values and mortgages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, overall in the country, it's still sliding down, but in certain areas, it's it's already picking up. There's some green now, shoots. Whether that sustains another question. There's some green shoots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me finish up with, uh, and Mickey was listening to this, so she's off to the side, and she is not an American yet, and she's uh, she's and her head swings around, and she says, "That's bullcrap. That's not true." Listen to this. This is a part of the Barack show. You're the ones who deserve a break. You deserve a break, a break today. today. <laughs> so every member of Congress is going to go on record. And if they vote to keep giving tax breaks to people like me, tax breaks our country can't afford, then they're going to have to explain to you where that money comes from.
comes from that bag that y'all hey, have in hey, Congress. You can voluntarily give more money, Barack. Yeah. It's part of the tax code. It is. Well, keep- if you really feel bad about it, just add another $1,000 on the bill. I mean, it's not a big deal. Now, listen. I don't understand why Buffett doesn't do that. Now, listen. Listen, see if you can catch what swiveled Mickey's head around. Either it's going to add to our deficit or it's going to come out of your pocket. Hmm. Seniors will have to pay more for their Medicare benefits. Students will see their interest rates go up at a time when they can't afford it. By the way, that's happening anyway. That's happening this summer when the rates double. We've already reported on that. That's going to be a fiasco. But that's not what I'm talking about. Families who are scraping by will have to do more because the richest Americans are doing less. You bastards. That's not right. That's not who we are. In America, our story has never been about what we can do by ourselves. It's about what, what we. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! That's you're just like Mickey. <laughs> That's she went. What? Listen to this. But there's a second part to it. It's about what we can do together. Oh, it's about what we can do. No, it's not. When is what is? Where's this guy? What country is this guy from? <laughs> Kenya. <laughs> Uh, let me listen to that again. Oh, that was really good. In America, our story has never been about what we can do by ourselves. It's about what we can do together. It's about believing in our future and the future of this country. So tell your members of Congress to do the right thing. <laughs> That's, it's just not true. This is the country of opportunity for the self-made man. Yeah, individualism. Who then hopefully treats his employees well, you know, does great things for his community. You know, the, the Austin is built on Dell and uh, and Dell Lance Armstrong <laughs> and Dell and who else? <laughs> Dell and the and, capital, the government. We got nothing here. There's no oil, no nothing. Yeah, the capital, the capital, obviously. But it's uh, and the University of Texas UT. and all the research has yeah, done. Well, there. UT, of course, you know, paid for Dell as well. But yeah. That's how it's supposed to work. And then you spread it around, and that's why we have 5% official number unemployment here in uh, in Austin. And everyone's, you know, there's no, there are guys at the stoplights, but it, we don't really have homeless that I've seen. And I've looked around. I'm, I'm sure we have some tent camps somewhere that I just haven't found yet. But it's much better than most of the country. It's a lot better than Spain. But to say... That we're not about one guy. No, this, this makes no sense. That's why people come here. I can go to America. I can work my butt off, and uh, and I can I can. Yeah, beca- they don't come to America to join a collective to to become a member of a kibbutz. <laughs> kibbutz. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey, man, we need to thank some producers uh, because uh, we are just scraping by. But uh, every single morning, uh, Ms. Mickey and I wake up and we go, man, how awesome is it? We get to do what we want to do. And, and you people. don't have a suit telling you what to do. Yeah, thank you. And like Keith <laughs> Olbermann, who just got fired. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> how predictable was that? Yeah, that's pretty predictable. He, has, he either has to go on his own or he's going to just get keep getting fired. Yeah. Well, he, he takes a lot of guts. I don't think he's got the nerve to go out on his own. No, uh, well, like us, like us, John, like that. us. Is that what you're saying? Like us. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, we and should he doesn't also have a thank, good product. thank our producers that help us, and uh, including at the top of the list today, our executive producer, Rubio Spice Company. Hey, no. Uh, he hopes he makes the cutoff for the April Fool's show, been the road heading to a big meeting with Costco. Costco, hey. Mexico. Hey, no. Para uh, mañana. Hold on a second. Where is it? Uh, Para mañana. 
I'd love some meeting karma in hopes that the marketing leads to Costco buying Griller's Rub, which is the rub oh, I Oh, that's use, the stuff the you like. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, it's quite good. I'm going to talk to these guys some more because I'd like to get them to do a couple other things. There was a uh, when I one of my favorite uh, steak seasoning. You know, steak seasoning is really sketchy. Most of it's crap and it's big chunks of stuff. It's terrible. I got the guy here at the at the at the market. He makes his own with his own homegrown cocoa beans. He makes a rub with a, it's pretty outstanding. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, let me get back to this. Yeah. I'm talking about steak seasoning, not a rub. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, there used to be a, uh, I mean, I taste, I check all these, these, you know, these spices that are blended all the time. The, and the, and the Winn-Dixie stores in the South used to carry a line. I think they're still carried. I think they may be phasing out. They bought a spice company called Aster. And they had a steak seasoning that was absolutely phenomenal for steaks and chicken and everything else. And they, they kind of discontinued it because I guess at some point the rumor is that they were grinding a bunch of this stuff up. And I guess one of the grinding machines fell apart and, and most of the uh, the steak seasoning was metal filings. <laughs> and, <laughs> hey, I can make that. And apparently this gave it the, the whole thing a bad reputation. Other so, stuff, other stuff like silica. So, uh, <laughs> I think that if we can get the Rubio Spice Company to, to, to isolate that formula, they, I think they'd be on to something. But anyway. Hey, uh, and can I just say, I'd love to try some of the Rubio Spice. So maybe it can shoot no, me an email. Yeah, I'd love to try it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and awesome. you know that, but it comes in a big container. It's good for like, you know, 20 racks of ribs, quite a bit. Anyway, thanks as always for the great pod, the best podcast in the universe, and um, you got your shameless plug there, apparently. And a little bit of karma. Hold on a second. Meeting karma for you. Meeting karma. You've got karma. Ryan Benson in Tampa, Florida, $330, another executive producer. Thanks for the greatest podcast in the universe. Your show is such a welcome light of honest intelligence in a dark world of ignorance. <laughs> And media manipulation. Somehow, you even make the depressing news and analysis funny and entertaining. Yeah. Hey, now. This douchebag has been listening for years now, never donated. Please consider this my mea culpa and de-douche me. I'm turning 30 on April 2nd because, you know, we got him on the birthday list. I want to add that I think there's a great argument in favor of your donation model that I'm not sure you ever mentioned on the air. Many shows develop a core audience that loves them, and then they... they when they go to advertising, they bend to the pressure to widen their demographics to get more advertisers, which you have to do. And this almost always waters down the programming, so it's crap. And it turns, yeah, you start to suck. That's exactly no right. No agenda will never do this if people like us continue to help keep you on the air. That's right. $330 from Ryan. Dedouching. You've been dedouched. Mark Randall's here for, uh, I think, I'm, let me just take one quick look. Uh, no note. I don't see a note. Yeah, you know, he may have sent something. I'm just going to take a quick look into the... Uh, into the. Uh, While you're doing that, let me mention, everybody, that the cutoff time for donations for the show itself is... Uh, is it midnight the day before, John? Yeah, and the reason for that is... Uh, PayPal, basically. Yeah, well, what happens on Thursday in particular, they uh, and I talked, by the way, we've got a new, we have cons we have some PayPal, because I wrote some column, so the PayPal people contacted me, and they said they gave us a whole bunch, a team of people that will help us if we have oh, issues. Oh, you, you wrote about PayPal sucking? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that's the only way to get attention in this world. Yeah. And so, good job. Uh, good job. 
they told me that they do a lot of maintenance on Thursday, and it causes some some difficulty getting downloads. And so we ran into the situation where we would ask for the downloads of the contributors on Thursday morning, and we wouldn't get it in time for the show. So they kindly offered to move their maintenance window to a different no, day, No, no, they're right? not changing anything. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but So we're going to continue doing this. The, and you have a whole thing. team? Do you have a team leader and everything? Yeah. Really? Is she, is she hot? It's a bunch of guys, a bunch, uh, of, bunch of bunch of nerds. Okay. Anyway, Michael Randall in Halifax, Nova Scotia, two thirty three, thirty two. He sends a note in. Um, I'm a recent political science graduate and started listening since January. Now you've convinced me the U.S. and China are in the middle of a cold war with the U.S. attacking on the pipeline front and China attacking on the cyber front. I'm a first time donor. Would like a shot of karma and a d douchebag and a to douchebag my friend Miles. Douchebag. Miles, who has been listening longer than me, but never donated. Can I also get a podcast license for the best Canadian podcast, Background Noise? Hell no. Which can yeah. be found at backgroundnoise.ca. I would highly recommend it to all the slaves out there. Happy to support the best podcast in the universe. So right, he needs a karma. karma. You got it. Thank you so much for your support. You've got <clears throat> karma. And that was... Uh, Two thirty-three, thirty-two. Then we have uh, Ryan Burgett. No, 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 no. Tyler Crothers. Oh, I'm sorry. I went down too far. That's all right. Uh, Tyler Crothers, Lincoln, Nebraska, 233. What's up, John and Adam? Just got the No Agenda email today about the Google throwing all the emails. The, yeah, we had a mailing last week. I was going to sp- explain on this show. Yeah. Uh, so I had to send out another mailing to have people look in there because we got like 15 to 20% response. Not, not, not responses. We never get that much. We got about 15 to 20% people open the email. That was extremely low because we normally have 60. And I think there's still a lot of spam problems. So I've, I've isolated what it was. And it's kind of a weird bug. But it's, a, it's in the Google spam filters. Let me guess. If you use Google Payments, your emails don't go to spam. If you use PayPal links, your stuff goes to spam. Is that an educated guess? That's a good, good, good attempt. Uh, no, actually, what it was is it's weird. I had always been running the uh, mailings that we do. We run the mail, mailings through Mailchimp. Yeah. And Mailchimp, uh, if you want to see what people are clicking on, because you put a bunch of links in your mail saying, "Yeah, I want you to check this out, check that out," you tell Mailchimp to track the clicks. And in so doing, they do a, a, a one of these uh, forwarding things where they where where the when you click on something, it actually goes to Mailchimp. Then it gets forwarded to the real link. Mm-hmm. You know how that works. Mm-hmm. What's it called? A forwarding, or it's yeah, called a. It's like a, there's a word for phishing. It. I think. <laughs> no, it's not phishing. <laughs> it actually could be construed as such, I suppose. But anyway, no, it's it, it's a it's a way to it's the only way it can track. It's a tracking mechanism. Right. So every link would be, uh, it comes from MailChimp because they're, they're the mail delivery service. And then every link would have MailChimp, 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 then, a, then a, a forwarding link. This time I said, you know, what's it? it's, it's probably going to cost the users a millisecond. It has to go this roundabout way because I was playing with it earlier in the day and it, was, it seems to be delaying. So MailChimp was burdened or something. So I killed that. I didn't want, I didn't I figured, why bother tracking the clicks that you know just give the people the straight link that got me spammed and i think it's because really yes and i and here's what my explanation is by reverse engineering the process google knows that mailchimp's a very uh rigid company they do if they you know you somebody unsubscribes they never you if you unsubscribe to this list you'll never get back on it 
MailChimp will just not let it happen. Right. MailChimp is really good about spam, and they have they do testing. They have all these things. So if it comes from Ma- MailChimp, it's probably a legitimate mail. Google Mail knows this. Mm-hmm. And then when they go down the line, they see MailChimp, 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 because those are all the forwardings. They say, yeah, that's just typical of the of a of a MailChimp mailing because everybody does this, passes it through. I by being a smart ass, killed the the forwarding thing. And so it was coming from MailChimp, but every link was like the, the no agenda show to you know direct links to all these different things, right? Uh-huh. Google looks at that, oh, oh just a bunch of links. It's probably spam. a pharmacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they killed me. Us. Now, so us. Us. They killed us. Well, they killed me because it's my fault. <laughs> Luckily, you're not really dead. Up, so they killed me. Yeah, you're not but really anyway, dead. they killed our mailing, and the, and the people, and there was mostly Google. Although there was a few other guys, but that was the reason because that's the only thing I did different. So every single um, show notes for every episode has an RSS link to the newsletter, and that's the best way to get it. I guess we can't track it, and so we don't know it, it, who opened or not. Uh, but it just proves that email is broken and dead. You wrote another column about email, which I saw was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I've been, but yeah. I, w- I would recommend you subscribe to the RSS link for the newsletter and screw the tracking. We just want you to get the information. All right, let's move on because this is taking okay. A long sorry time. about that. No, sorry. I promised a bunch of people that I'd tell them what Good. happened. No, that's, we know it. And people, sucks. if you're going to use Mailchimp, now you know that that little story. D- don't do that. Yeah, right. Don't 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 be smart. Uh, anyway, so uh, Crothers, I got the no agenda email and he saw at the bottom it said our phone number. He called me. So anyway, that was <laughs> and you answered. Yeah, I answered. Yeah. yeah. I don't encourage it. By he the said, way. I called it. Holy shit. It's really John on the other end of the line. I yeah. thought that was cool as hell. Hey, you, you know, know what? Wait, so he's donating $233. Hey, a, a new <laughs> promotion. Call, yeah, spot, talk to John. Yeah, talk to John. Get some wine food. advice. Uh, talk about Costco. Talk yeah. about meat rubs. Rub your meat with John for 233 bucks. This is a new promotion. I'm feeling it. <clears throat> Ryan Burgett in Seattle, Washington, $200.01. Well, apparently I'm an idiot and was unable to actually make this donation on time with the show. Hope you still read my note. Okay. Um, keep informing us drones. Danny Baker in Morristown, Tennessee, $200, requesting karma for my stepniece, Heather, who has been diagnosed with stage 2 cancer. Yikes, at the oh, age of 21. That's terrible. Fucking anti-hate cancer karma. Here you go. Karma. Uh, uh, and we want to thank uh, all those uh, contributors, the, especially the executive producers, the associate executive producers for show 396. I want to remind you to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, dvorak.org slash NA, and channeldvorak.com slash NA, and uh, keep us uh, going here. Dvorak. We need your help. Dvorak.org slash NA. That's right. We definitely do. Uh, we need your help. And before we move on, uh, just a few PR mentions. We still have people are now understanding that we'd rather uh, have you send us the money or get a $5 a month subscription. <clears throat> we have more than enough domain names. Uh, but I still will uh, will mention that I, I do like what uh, CS had. Uh, he says, I've had this around for a while, and I know you're stopping with it, but I think uh, it would be good if we forward this to uh, com. RomneySucks.org, which is pretty good. And uh, I think we'll be able to remember that. How <laughs> many sucked? Yeah, we should be able to sell it to someone else. Now here, for some money. Yeah, 
here's what I like. Um, this is the kind of promotion uh, PR initiatives that I think are really good. Uh, do you recall, John, we talked about Ken Sunshine on the, the previous uh, episode? of Yes, the, uh, Ken Sunshine. Yes, he is the... Uh, He's the guy who uh, does all the PR for all the top celebrities. Um, do you remember we talked about his wiki page? How sh- how there was like almost no entry and you know. Yeah, he was uh, he was exp- he uh, has been yeah dogging it. Yeah, why don't you go to his wiki page and read for me the last paragraph? There's only three paragraphs. Oh, I'm I'm already guessing what it might be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a great PR move. <laughs> Check it out. And it's been up for like three days. So, you know, this guy. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll probably get get rid of it shortly. Let me get there. <laughs> Go ahead. Read it. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Goes on. He's got three graphs. His third graph says, he was featured on No Agenda Show in 2012 in a controversial episode, <laughs> which Adam Curry described him as, quote, a douchebag. Which, by the way, I didn't do because I listened to the episode. But that's okay. We like it. Yeah, you didn't do that. That's no. probably good since you don't want to be douche, douching everybody that doesn't know anything, especially if you don't get the, the concept. Yeah. No comment has yet been made by a representative <laughs> of the No Agenda show as to the basis of these remarks. <laughs> the controversy has sparked conversation about freedom of speech and podcasting and liability. <laughs> well, then where's our link down at the bottom under references? That's the only thing that didn't work out too well for us. Yeah. Well, but someone could put the link in. I mean, come on. It's a wiki. And by the way, when you put these in, No Agenda Show has a wiki page. So you can put a, you can highlight that with a forwarding link. Oh, that's in right. In, this, in the, in the Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah and good Adam point. Curry does too. So you can highlight yeah. his name. Yep, yep. Did you just put, I forget what is the method for that. It's, I don't know. And I'm just sure there's a wiki page for douchebag. In fact, sh- let me, <laughs> since I didn't put this in and it's got nothing to do with me, I am no, going stay, to write. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away. I know. I'm going to put this stay to the. <laughs> Now watch this. Watch the, watch how easy this is. <laughs> oh gosh! Isn't you do it like in quotes or something? No, no. Two two brackets. Two brackets. Okay, I'm Just refreshing. Give me a break here. Just take me one second to uh, get fix one. this. One. Here we go. Top不太了解这个情形. Oh. Let me just show preview so I make sure I didn't screw it up. I don't see it, man. It's not coming through. I haven't. Yet. I'm just previewing it right now. I'm looking at it. Okay. Our, Oh, no agenda show. Wait, wait, wait. What's it? Go to the wiki page for no agenda show and see how that's. What happened listed. to your one second? Just go to the no agenda show thing. What, agenda, is it one word or is it one two words? Hold on, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. It says uh, it says the page does not exist. No space agenda. No space agenda. Or There's no, no space. No under no underscore agenda is the URL. But the the it, it doesn't say no agenda podcast. It just says no agenda. We are the Wikipedia entry for no agenda. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Let me get this fixed. So I'm going to take a second. Someone else in the chat room is going to do it before you're even done with it. No, all no, this. I'm doing it now. If they're in there, they're going to be messing with me. Bogarucious. I'm, and I'm only, I'm just being cautious here because I'm on the air. Uh, otherwise, I just <laughs> save page. I never really do this much extra work. Uh, it was already, it was Okay, all... we're ready to go. Hold on, I'm going to post all right. it. All right, I'm refreshing. I'm looking. No, so I'm just going to save now. Save. Save. Oh, okay. there it is. Yay! Good job. Now, you got our, No Agenda and Adam Curry are yeah, both. Very late. good. Very good, John. Very good. Very good. That's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen, right. in real time. All right. Thank you for this instructional <laughs> lesson. <laughs> 
Uh, so thanks to our uh, executive producers, our associate executive producers. These are actual credits, and you see that you can actually call and have someone vouch for you, me or John. Uh, you can just call John. <laughs> just call Don't him. Don't do it. Just call him. And, of course, you, know, you can go out and propagate our ever-important formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And uh, Tyler Crothers says, hey, man, I spoke to John. I sent 233 bucks, but I didn't get no karma. All right, man. Sorry. You've got karma. I don't think it was actually in his note. I didn't see it. I didn't see it in his note, but that's okay. He said it's all right. He said he sent me an email real time. Here we go. I don't I do not see the word karma in his note. No. You don't just get karma. You know, we, we, you know yeah, people got to be a little more judicious no, with their oh, requests. And can I have a karma shot? How about no, some deep yeah. douchings, you know, or douchebags are he good. He asked for a karma shot. It's in the note. I see it now. Okay. So he right. was right. Onward. All right. Good. Onward. Yes. Since you have 8 million things to share with us today, why don't you... I don't uh, have that many. No, I close my email box. We'll just come up with something. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, I clo- uh, when I went to the wiki page, I shut down my email, and I got to go back to it. Oh, here it is. So, um, person of interest. Uh, I got this clip from a number of producers who were kind enough to clip it for me. It's great, because I don't watch this program. Great show. Well, did you see the most recent episode? Apparently, uh, some something very interesting. As you know, we always talk about how Facebook is... Uh, not only invested yeah, no, in that. I did see this, and I didn't think a clip in it, but it's pretty funny. It's yeah, pretty I, got, funny. I got the clip. So Facebook, of course, partially funded by InQtel, a CIA investment, uh, venture capital investment firm. Uh, we know from the Time Magazine article when uh, Mark Zuckerberg was being interviewed on the cover of Time Magazine, uh, the uh, Mueller, the uh, director of the FBI, stuck his head around the corner and said, hey, I'm just in the building hanging out, just wanted to say hi. And like, yeah, that's what the director of the FBI, just hanging out at Facebook. Yeah, it's just the funniest story. And uh, so the the person of interest picked this up and uh, helped us out just by basically rewriting everything you've heard on this show. Good morning, Mr. Reese. If you say so. Any croquillon in there? If that's a donut, then yes. So... What do we got? Nothing much, unfortunately. The machine kicked out a number that has one of the smallest digital footprints I've ever seen. No photos? Not everyone in New York has a driver's license, Mr. Reese. First three digits of the social suggest that Jordan Hester was born in Georgia. I'm supposed to recognize him by his accent? Or her, I can't even verify the gender. Hester's living off the grid. Off the grid. No photos online and nothing on the social networking sites. Never understood why people put all their information on those sites. Used to make our job a lot easier in the CIA. Of course, that's why I created them. You're telling me you invented online social networking, Finch? The machine needed more information. (laughs) People's social graph, their associations. The government had been trying to figure it out for years. Turns out most people were happy to volunteer it. Business wound up being quite profitable, too. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jordan Hester seems to be more cautious than most. But- <laughs> the machine needed more information. We had to feed the machine. I love it. We even put social graph in there. Fantastic. Yeah. Hey, That's, I think it's, you go. know, there's some, some sick truth to it. No, if, duh. 
This is the same show that we had. Uh, we took a clip from recently where they where they, the CIA was running the drug business. Yeah, you know, these guys are great. One? Whoever's writing this show, good on you. And yeah. enjoy no, the really Hey, donate show. sometime, will you? Yeah, J.J. Abrams and Chris Nolan are the two guys. Send doing us some money. Loaded. Send us some money. Yeah. I so while we're on this, um, uh, a quick like nine second clip from um, Congressman Mike Rogers. He is uh, from I think Michigan, and he ratcheted up the cyber attack scare tactics. Cyber attack is on its way. We will suffer a catastrophic cyber attack. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Squirrel. Oh. Now, <laughs> I thought that was gr- the clock is ticking. Hey, just disconnect all that crap from the Internet. You don't need it. And it's not that hard. Now, there's this guy, um, the director of cyber... I don't know what his official title is, uh, the cyber counterintelligence, I guess, from the FBI. His name is Sean Henry. And you can actually see this. Well, of course, I have the link in the show notes, 396.nashownotes.com. But it's um, proudly, prominently presented on the FBI homepage, fbi.gov. Sean Henry is leaving for an undisclosed um, position at an undisclosed security company. Salesforce. Sales, yeah, exactly. Salesforce. And... Uh, he, of course, couldn't just leave the organization without a video interview. And he was saying some stuff, man. These FBI guys, I mean, there's, Edgar Hoover is still all over this organization because he's insane. And listen, <laughs> listen to what he says. We see three primary actors. Uh, actors. It's all actors, by the way. This thing, this actors thing is bugging me. It really is. Because... They should choose a different word. Organized crime groups. They can barely hear it. Threatening primarily the financial services sector, but more and more they're expanding the scope of their attacks. Um, state sponsors, uh, foreign governments that are interested in pilfering data, including intellectual property and research and development data from major manufacturers, from government agencies, uh, from clear defense contractors. And increasingly, there are terrorist groups who want to impact this country the same way they did 10 years ago by flying planes into buildings. And they're looking at how they can. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Now he's telling me that Al Qaeda is the same guys. He just said that who flew airplanes in the buildings. Now they want to do cyber attacks. Challenge the United yeah, States and nuts. others in Western society by looking at critical infrastructure and to disrupt that's not yeah, even this, his this ju- is the worst clip you've ever played it's not even his jurisdiction your clip what's wrong with my clip you can barely hear it and it sounds like it's out of phase no well it might be something through skype because it sounds good here huh well just for your enjoyment i have another one and uh, this is something I did not know. Attention, producers in Gitmo Nation lowlands. Attention, attention, people in the Netherlands. This should make you worried. We've actually stationed FBI agents overseas into the police agencies in a number of countries, including Ukraine, Romania, the Netherlands, um, Estonia. 
these are not people that are assigned to the embassy as liaison officers. These are actual FBI agents who are working 100% of their time in cyberspace against cyber actors. And they are sitting side by side with their colleagues in the national police agencies of those countries. Now, I didn't know that. I can't hear it. That's very weird. Anyway, what he said is that they have FBI cyber agents in many countries, including the Netherlands, who sit side by side in the police station. The FBI, that's not their job. CIA, yeah, maybe. But the FBI sitting in the Netherlands? Yeah, there was, a, if you remember a couple of years ago when there was some other weird incidents, world incidents, all of a sudden they called the FBI in to overseas. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. This has been going on for a while, but I'm not absolutely sure what what jurisdiction or what. Make, what I don't yeah. even know what why. It I makes mean, it, I, like I said. You know, I think you said it. Not even the CIA, but the NSA or some people that are used to. Right. I mean, if you're being listening in or check that kind of stuff, sounds NSA to me. It doesn't sound like anything the FBI should be involved with. Well, well, they are. And he's like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, bitches. We're everywhere in the lowlands. So I guess. Uh, yeah, I think it was out of phase. I'm sorry. It sounded okay here. I don't know what happened. That's weird. No, it sounded terrible. Mm, okay. Well, hopefully it'll sound okay on the recording for the show. Well, while you were doing this stuff. <laughs> don't belittle I, that. I, <laughs> <laughs> don't belittle me. Oh, well, I think I, actually if you want to get into some something a little heavy duty, uh, I there uh, was a, there's this, this Iranian thing is really cranking uh-huh. up when it i mean if you watch c-span over the weekend oh yeah I it's did. just like iran 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 it was unbelievable it just never ended yeah and uh clippity clop is ramping it up and i have a couple of clips that, none of which is good but and one of them from this guy <laughs> please this guy share them <laughs> they're no good let's listen to some no good clips there's this i want you to play this one first because it just brings up two issues one is this guy, tell me this guy doesn't sound like a dead ringer for Vivek Kundra, which makes me think that there's like a milieu where you talk like this, where you're, ta- you're kind of, you, you're talking about one, and then you you, you just jump, you, you you kind of overlap your sentence structure mm-hmm. in, a, in a way to cover up the fact that you're not saying anything at all, and you're probably not the brightest guy in the world. Except you. This guy's <laughs> at the Rand Corporation, place separated yeah, at birth. It. Yeah, is this like skip logic stuff? Is he is he all over he that? He doesn't say anything dumb like oh, that, okay. but it's, the, it's just the pacing and and style of not saying anything intelligent. Looking at the Iranian uh, nuclear program, it is motivated by insecurity and fear, uh, fear mm. of the United States, uh, fear of U.S. military capabilities. So I don't think necessarily that the threat of attacking uh, Iran's facilities uh, by the United States or Israel is necessarily productive. You can argue that uh, that threat actually may compel Iran to weaponize this program in the future. Even, I think, sanctions, um, we don't entirely know if sanctions will have the effect of uh, dissuading Iran from weaponizing. It could get to a point, uh, if the regime feels uh, that it's in peril, it could see a nuclear weapons capability as a solution to its problems. So, uh, dead ringer. Dead yeah, ringer. It's, it's a weird style. I, I had another clip from where he, he's dropped in some, you know, he just drops words in. It's just that yeah, he's a total dead ringer. But anyway, he had really nothing to say. The guy who did actually have something to say is this professor at 
at Georgetown who uh, I think lays it out. And he is like a super hawk. This is one of these panels. And he went on and on about uh, essentially told us that we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so where's where's that? Clip? Yeah, it's uh, I got it. I got it's it. Being able to deter a major U.S. or Israeli military attack, and their second goal in their own strategy documents that they publish in, in public is to become the most dominant state in the Middle East. Um, Okay, so uh, my colleagues think that they'll stop at this kind of Japan model where you have a lot of uh, HEU and you have the ability to enrich. But I, I don't think the Japan model is going to deter a U.S. or Israeli attack. I don't think the Japan model. What is the Japan model? The Japan model is to become a dominant uh, player in your region by and, and using uh, nukes as a power source. And you know what yeah. they did with the Fukushima. I mean, the Japan, that's yeah. what you're, you'd be using uh, uh, it's not some chick no, without pubic hair. It could be. Maybe that's what he's talking about. <laughs> well, makes you the most dominant state in the region. If those are their strategic goals, and I take them at their word at that, uh, they need weapons. So I think that you know they're um, uh, playing it smart in terms of the way they move forward. They might uh, stop short uh, for a while, but I think that eventually they're, they're going to weaponize. I, I think there's very little reason to believe that they're going to stop at this uh, latent capability. In terms of uh, Israel's decision, you know, so this is something that maybe didn't come out enough in, in the talk, but the Israeli option and the U.S. option are, are very different. Uh, the major difference being that the United States has much greater capability, has much uh, greater ability to inflict lasting damage on Iran's nuclear program. So I, I think on balance, actually, that the Israeli military option is not a good one, and I'm not an advocate of an Israeli strike. I am an advocate of a U.S. strike because I think of the great... Who is this guy? You heard it, right? Yeah, I'm an advocate of a U.S. strike. Yeah. Wow. Well, screw you, douchebag. Here no. goes. Let him finish, and you oh, hear the worst part: gosh. greater damage that we can inflict. Uh, that, on balance, the the benefits outweigh the cost. Uh, in terms of whether Israel will go, I mean, the problem they face is that their window for effective military action is rapidly closing, uh, because they have less of an ability to hit the buried and underground, uh, buried and hardened facilities. This guy watched too much uh, Aaron Burnett. He's watching. He watched too much Twenty Four. He's totally believing all this stuff. Oh but, yeah, no, he's totally. That's not. He's, that's not nuclear bunkers. That's where they make the Viagra, dude. We know that yeah, by now. The thing that the thing that's interesting is that I want you to finish this clip. Yeah. But first, yeah. That I was looking at today's New York Times and the and the meme that's starting to crop out. Uh, there's a bunch of these crop the up, meme, crop up, crop up, or crop out. Well, you said Viagra. <laughs> okay. So the meme that's cropping up. Is uh, and it's all, it's all over the paper, and I think it, and I think this guy's a reflection of it, which is the intelligence agencies, which are in full agreement that there's nothing going on. Right. Uh, they are are gun shy. This is what the, here's the meme. You hear this out? They're actually gun shy to say anything's going on because they were so humiliated by what happened in Iraq, even though they never said anything was going on in Iraq, and it was all forced by Cheney, who apparently kept showing up at the at Langley every five minutes to, to goad them into saying something that yeah. they could use, they could hang their hat yeah, on. They, and so they're so gun-shy that they're, they're reticent to, to, make, to, to go out on a limb and actually say that the Iranians are maybe doing something. They won't even go that far. And so the meme is that, they, that the agencies are... are, are you can't take... You can't believe anything they say, which is bogus because you could have believed them the first with the Iraqi thing because they they knew it was nothing going on. But they, you know, they were goaded into saying something else, but they were right to begin with. And now they're saying there's nothing going on 
in Iran, but now we're trying to convince ourselves that well, but as they're a, full of crap. They don't know what, <laughs> what they're doing. Let me finish this guy. He's an idiot. Uh, and as Iran uh, follows through on these plans to do more and more enrichment work at home, Israel sees its window for effective action closing. So I think it's uh, very likely that in the next six months or so, if we don't get a deal and Israel isn't absolutely convinced that the United States will take action if necessary later on, which I think is going to be a very hard case to make, uh, that, that Israel will take action. So I do think that there's, a, you know, it's difficult to say, but, a, you know, uh, to put a point estimate on it, but there's a, a high probability that there will be a conflict this year. So what school does this professor attend? Georgetown. I'm boycotting that. Georgetown is a horrible institution. <laughs> How can you have this guy representing you? And you know, and now we're like, oh, Romney, and you know, he's the chosen one, and that guy's all about bombing. Oh, by the way, he's also uh, at the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And his name is Kronig, K-R-O-E-N-I-G, if you want to look him up on, on the wiki. His name is Douchebag. I've changed his name now officially. Oh. So they are all oh. talking about the possibilities of this. You know, the, the, oh. you know the, all the intelligence guys are they're full of crap. The, oh. And the Iranians are very, being very careful to keep their enrichment under 20 percent, which is, you know, you need 90. They don't, it, but they said, well, they, they're enriching to 20 percent, which is what you'd use for for making a, 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 a energy producing facility but they can they can take all that back and they can crank it up and they make yeah. a weapon and they, they, they all these guys this guy by the way i don't have all his clips he was on forever he says that they can make a bomb in four weeks four weeks from today <laughs> you could i gotta get that clip because the president can use that he say it only takes a handful of this material in four weeks that's not even two paychecks you'll be <laughs> dead from the iranians the evil iranians you know, the logic of the Iranians bomb, you know, the, the fear is, well, they're going to throw a missile, and the, the Israelis are worried about this. They're going to throw a missile into uh, Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, actually, would be the target. Yeah. And uh, it would create a a cloud of radioactive dust that would go, you know, into Russia. It would create. It's not going to happen. It's ridiculous. I know it's not going to happen because it makes no sense. No, it makes no sense. You know what? You know why it makes no sense? Because we have a savior and uh this is a uh, a youtube clip that's now gone viral from benjamin fulford are you familiar with this name uh-uh benjamin fulford has been getting a lot of exposure in the past couple of weeks um he is a as he says a representative of the white hat dragon organization i think that's what it is the white dragon organization and this is a youtube clip How from do you Japan. Spell his name benjamin Fulford, yeah. F-U-L-F-O-R-D. And uh, he did a press conference with two amazing guys, and I'm going to play you his intro because we, my friend, are saved. Fellow humans, uh, I am Benjamin Fulford, spokesperson for the White Dragon Society. With me here is Chodoin Daikaku. He's the head of the world's martial arts societies, and if necessary, and in, in an emergency, he can summon up an army of 200 million people worldwide. That's 200 million ninjas, John. <laughs> 200 million ninjas who can worldwide. be summoned worldwide in a heartbeat. Here on my right is Alexander Romanov, who is a grandmaster of an Illuminati group that, ca- that claims to have started the French, Russian, and American revolutions. As you may know, there has been a battle going on over the future of this planet. 
the Western countries have been taken over by a mafia organization, all composed of members of the same clan, and they're not Jews, okay? They worship Lucifer. Hey! Um, and they want a world government controlled by them with the rest of us in perpetual debt slavery and drudgery and with no hope of ever ruling our own destinies. We offer a very different vision. We offer world peace. We offer $100,000 for every man, woman and child to be delivered in the form of schools, hospitals, free education, nature preserves and all the sort of things that most people want. We all want to stop world poverty. We want to stop environmental destruction. And we all wish to have a prosperous and happy and peaceful future. And that's the alternative we are offering. Thank you. Now, so um, this guy could be a little, have a little more charisma. Let me just read you from his blog. As predicted, the collapse of the Satan-worshipping financial mafia is accelerating. Well, th this is the guy that's been tracking all the bankers, by the way, who have been quitting and leaving, the 350 okay. bankers. So, you know, I have learned, John, in my life never to laugh at the crazy guy. You also shouldn't argue with him. But never, well, that's for sure. Never laugh at him because that is typically the guy who is right on top of his game or has a billion dollars to invest, or I've seen it so many times that I don't laugh too hard. I did have to laugh about the, the guy who can summon the 200 million ninjas. This guy is fantastic. He's wearing a bowler hat. He's got a big stick with all kinds of ropes and snakes off of it. And he's got, like, he's got the sunglasses. I mean, he's, not only that, he has the voice. And he believes that Putin who is a judo uh, student, is the right guy to lead the, the world oh. and his 200 million ninjas. And, and, and listen to, because uh, Benjamin, who speaks fluent Japanese, I guess, will translate, but listen to the guy's voice. He's everything you want in the ninja leader master. I love Benjamin going, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yes, the, the international associations of Bushido, Karate, Judo, Kung Fu, etc. can muster worldwide at any given time 200 million people. And they only fight under the code of chivalry, which is you don't attack women, children, and non-combatants, which is what the other side has been doing. I love this guy. But you know what? I bet you there's something to that. I bet you there is, you know, oh, yeah. of all the, the judos, the jujitsus, the, all these guys, I bet you there is an organization that has like some secret network and maybe this is oh. the guy. Yeah, sure. But listen to what he says about Putin. He believes that with uh, Putin's help and the martial arts societies worldwide, we can cause major change. And of course, the Illuminati, who are throughout the Western uh, intelligence agencies, military, and this is not the Italian Illuminati, this is the Gnostic Illuminati, uh, and they want 
meritocracy, ruled by the people who are the best, people who work their way up the system, not people who are born into it and given it, have it given to them, even though they are often not very bright. So uh, it's funny, but I'm not really laughing too hard because yeah. I, you know well, I am. Oh, okay, I knew you'd appreciate it. Oh yeah, no, I like that guy's voice too. He's good. He looks the part though. He is so awesome. He's so awesome. Putin. <laughs> Putin's the man. Putin is going to save us, my friend. Well, you might, on top of that, you might as well play I Feel Terrible. <laughs> okay. I feel terrible. I just cannot sit here and concentrate on my lines because I'm so nauseous. <laughs> Who's that? Somebody on the world's next model or whatever the hell. God, you watch that? I watched that clip. Oh, my goodness. Ah, you're horrible. Let me, um, do you remember we talked about this new woman who was now the undersecretary of state? Uh, Her name is Sherman, her last name. Sherman! And uh, let me see what her first name is. You run a Wayback Machine? (laughs) Um, let me see. I get her name. Cindy Sherman? No, it's not uh, Cindy. She looks, she's a dead ringer without the wrinkles for, um, the IMF woman. Wendy Sherman. Wendy, yeah. Look at her. She looks just like Christine Lagarde. Check her out. You see the picture? Jeez, she does. It's like a dead ringer, right? It's like a clone separated at birth. Yeah, except she doesn't have all the wrinkles. (laughs) Yeah, a younger version. Yeah, because she didn't have the Chicago Mafia sitting on her face. No, she's also, right, that and she's (laughs) injecting uh, lamb fetuses into her system. Right. She's born in 1949. She's just as old. So she, um, she is. She's probably more wrinkly than she looks in this photo. No, well, I have video from her because it was a big conference and uh, Johnny Carson was there, which is what always makes me laugh because, of course, it's not the dead Johnny Carson talk show host, but it's Johnny Carson, Johnny, uh, who is in charge of Africa. He's the uh, he's in another State Department. Here's guy. Here's Johnny. Johnny. And uh, so this clip is a little long, two minutes, but I think very interesting to hear the hubris of the United States State Department. This would be a clippity-clop State Department. The message is clear. Just clippity-clop. <laughs> <laughs> we got a remix. I like it. Um, and listen to the hubris of her talking about Africa and how great Africa is for America, for the world, how we're going to help them, how we're so awesome. Not a word about the Chiners in there, by the way. Not not a single word about the Chiners. Just have a listen. Africa has changed substantially over the past decade. And it is in my view. Yeah, China built it up. It's kicking ass. That's why it's changed substantially over the past decade. You way past time to recognize the positive developments that are occurring and the enormous potential that they present. Uh-huh. For Africa, for the United States, and for the global community. <laughs> I just get a kick out of that. <laughs> Apparently. It's awesome for us. Africa is a continent on the move. Yeah. And has on begun the move. To- they're running away from your drones. That's why they're on the move. It's like, hey, hey, Kunta Kinte, there's another drone, man. Let's run. That's why they're on the move. Realize some of the economic gains that have eluded it in the past. Six of the ten fastest-growing countries in the world 
are in sub-Saharan Africa. I think most people would find that an astonishing fact. Oh, fact. Fact. Astonishing fact. Astonishing. Uh, and uh, the IMF predicts that over the next five, My sister. five years, sub-Saharan Africa, that that number will reach seven of the top ten. <laughs> Are you starting to get a picture as to why we've got all these bases there and drones and all that? I mean, it's starting to make sense, isn't it, people? I visited two of those fastest-growing countries, Angola and Nigeria, as well as Zambia, Malawi, and Kenya. She picked up a baby in Malawi. She went to Nigeria to pick up her money. (laughs) And she went to Malawi to pick up a baby. And it is clear that those dramatic changes that I spoke of are happening. Yeah. (laughs) As we look at Africa... It's important uh, to both look at and look beyond the headlines, and I wanted to stop for a moment to note two very positive outcomes in what is sometimes a difficult space. Okay, positive outcomes, things that are good in Africa. Um, For 500, Alex. Ambassador Carson will uh, travel soon uh, to be part of a delegation representing the United States at the inauguration of the new president of Senegal, uh, President Saul. Uh, this was a peaceful transfer. This is so nice. We didn't have to bomb anybody. We just went in and said, put our guy in or, or, else. or we'll kick your ass. And this was so nice. They did exactly what we told them to do at gunpoint. Of democratic power. Uh, and I uh, salute President Watt for accepting the election. What, are you in the army, lady? You can salute them? And stepping aside. And it's an important milestone. Stepping aside. It's good, yes. For Africa. Similarly, although none of us were very uh, excited. Now, listen to what she's saying. About uh, the, uh, in essence, in quotes, junta in uh, Mali, uh, and see this as a setback uh, for a long tradition of democracy in Mali, uh, we are also incredibly heartened uh, by ECOWAS's efforts uh, to mediate. Uh, and to uh, move back to democracy in Mali and support the people of, of Mali to do so and do so quickly. Again, uh, a real statement about the growing strength of regional institutions in Africa. So if I understood her correctly, she's saying it's too bad we had a couple people had to be killed over that, but we're pretty encouraged by it. That's what I heard her say. Well, she's uh, obviously playing the, you know, one of the, she's the, uh, what, the jackal or she, or the front man. The, the first you got your guys go in there, say you got to take some loans from these guys. You got to, you know, yeah, the economic man. Yeah. It's a jackal. And then they, they say, yeah, we don't want to. And then they say, well, you know, maybe you should. Yeah. Look at Molly. And the next thing you know, somebody's dead. Her speech, by the way, was uh, titled the new decade, colon, seizing opportunities from a transforming Africa. And the ECOWAS commission that she mentioned in there, you might want to take a look at that. I've put it in the show notes, ECOWAS.int. Uh, ECOWAS is the uh, Economic Community of West African States. It's pretty much the European Union. they got the same kind of building, even, if you look at their uh, website. And, uh, you know, it's got uh, Cabo Verde, Cote d'Ivoire, Gambia, Ghana, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, Liberia, Mali, Niger, Nigeria, Senegal, Sierra Leone. It's 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 our United States of Africa that is being built right there. Well, just to get the Chiners out. Yeah, but we got to remember that we we still have to watch because we have a, a we got a clue that Malawi is a place to watch, and she visited there too. You know? Oh yeah, yes she did. 
And, and she went there to tell him to tell the Malawis, look, you got to take, you got to, you uh, got 15 days. You got to, you got to work with the IMF and World Bank. This is a quote from her. We, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Good. You good, have to good. work with the IMF and the World Bank to put an economic plan in place so as a, so you can meet your energy needs. <laughs> <laughs> they got energy all over the place. They're, they're, they're drowning in energy. So apparently this guy, this head honcho guy is some uh, President Bingu Wa Math. Matharika, I can't pronounce his name, obviously. He's adamant about this, and he's creating a stir by saying, you know, we can take care of our own business, but, you know, and there's like this battle going on. This guy is is, is going to be, he's going to be gone. Yeah. You watch. The, my, this is my red book. And what's his, what's his name again? President Bingu, B-I-N-G-W-A, whatever that comes yeah, from. Bing, Bingu Wa Gone. Is his new name. <laughs> Mutharika. <laughs> Bingdu Wagon. Binga Bangu Bingdu Wagon. You're out, Dead. mofo. We're taking yeah. we're, we're taking all your oil, your democracy, and your babies. And here's Madonna to smooth it all over. So we feel good about it. Yeah. Um I think it was Robert Leather, one of our producers, who sent me this great clip from the BBC. Just let's stay in Africa for a second. Let's move up north. This is. I'm going uh, to send you this article. Yeah, please do. Yeah, wanna, I want to put it in the show notes. Thank you. Alex Crawford is a um, reporter for, I think, Sky. And she was the one who did the interview. Do you recall the, the crazy guy who had Gaddafi's hat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, the hat. And there was another guy with the gold gun. Well, this is that guy. The same guy? No, I think uh, he had the gold chain in the hat. Okay. So, so she's on the BBC being interviewed about this, the story of her life. And this just shows you, because, you know, I think we're doing, you know, we're, we're trying to research. We read legislation. We, we do the work. You know, I, uh, you know we, we try to bring you some news, try to clarify it so you understand at least what's going on. You know, we, we just dissected this Sherman woman, what she's doing. And she's saying it. You know, it's very clear. I mean, how, how can oh, yeah, you? They don't lo- I mean, they're, they're they kind of leave things out they subvert information but they they all you can pull it out you can pull the truth out right so she this woman is a reporter she's so dumb when you hear her explain how she fell into this story it's so obvious that this is the whole thing was fake this guy with Gaddafi's hat this will crack you up. Mind the go, you'll find my way across the town to the port. Explain to us about the title, uh, Colonel Gaddafi's hat. That's quite a, a significant hat in well, the story, it, isn't it? D- when when we went back um, in August, when the when Tripoli finally um, was reclaimed by the rebels, uh, we went into the compound as they were breaking through. And in amongst this absolute chaos, there were sort of hundreds of people running all over the place, rampaging through their houses, um, you know, pillaging and firing guns all over the place. Out of, out of this <laughs> mayhem walks this, this young man with wearing a rather splendid, splendid sort of hat. And those ones with sort of a scrambled yeah, egg around the side. Yeah, it was all very elaborate. Braid and so on. And he kind of, he was, he was like a sort of figure, <laughs> you know, you sort of think, am I imagining this? Because he walked out of smoke and sort of came towards <laughs> us, brandishing... Now, he, he walked out of smoke, like out of nowhere, John. 
Just out of smoke? No, but wait, there's more. Um, I think of, of one of his fly swatters and wearing this big gold necklace around his, around his neck. And I thought, I've got to interview this guy. And unbelievably, he spoke perfect English. Unbelievably! Unbel- I couldn't believe my luck. He walked out of smoke <laughs> and he had a hat. And um, he spoke perfect English. It's unbelievable. I didn't question this at all. <laughs> and he he just walked up, and I said, "Well, where did you get the hat?" And he said, "I've just been into." And he couldn't even believe it. He said, "Oh my God, I've just been into Colonel Gaddafi's bedroom, and I've taken his hat." And he delivered this what I thought was this amazing sort of speech about now's the time for our our country to. And he had a whole speech prepared. It speech he walked out of the smoke he spoke english he had a speech prepared come together we've got to stop all the fighting it was like this sort of churchillian speech in the middle of this absolute chaos how could it be possible i don't understand and he was a real character the fantastic piece of i mean a very well deserved luck after what you'd been luck. through to, to find that the luck. man who had looted the colonel's luck. hat and fly swat <laughs> and gold chain spoke good english <laughs> no. fantastic it a, moment it was a whole series of um very fortunate or uh, unfortunate events. Not for a second. Does even the inter- so? Do you think that it's possible that this was bullcrap? Yeah. How how unbelievable! I could just imagine some 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 uh, agent. There was a bunch of guys. They showed this when they, when they were having this first. Right, there was a, these Eng- these guys that were dressed in the, in Western. They were dressed kind of like in Western gear of some sort, but they were obviously Western Europeans. And I can just imagine a couple of them, you know, that are orchestrating this thing. Oh, that, oh, see her? Yeah, she's the stupidest BBC reporter in the world. She'll believe anything. Oh, then we should send the, what's his, you know, Bill over here with the, with the hat and see if he can run the, <laughs> run the thing on her. Well, there's a tip off in I'll, here. I'll bet you five bucks she buys it, bites hook, line, and sinker. I'll, I'm on for that bet. There's something you missed in here, though. And let me see if I can roll it back to that piece. Oh, my God. I've just been into Colonel Gaddafi's bedroom. He said, oh, my God. Really? The guy in Libya? Yeah, really. He said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. She came out and said, (laughs) OMG. LOL. LOL, OMG. I've I've got the mofo's hat. So if this... That, so that's what passes as news coverage. That's what passes as news. Idiot new. reporters that believe anything. That's exactly Well, right. you know, here's an interesting uh, clip from the Afghanistan killings, which confirms one, at least one of the rumors going around. And this is a reporter from the Australia who seems a, who is actually a female that was why we can't seem to get a hold of any of the people that know anything about the, the killings that took place. Right. You know, by that maniac. Right. right. Uh, by the, by the whole team with the helicopters. Woman, roaming around uh, Afghanistan having no problem getting access here and there but she's reporting just what she sees and she's not you know getting all all giddy about it play that they're desperate for their story to come out and what did they tell you what were some of the specifics of what they told you happened that night there were some horrific accounts, Erin. I spoke to one woman who told me how her husband had been shot in the head and how she dragged him into her house and she had his brain in her hands. Uh, you know, deeply traumatic sort of stories that they were telling me. She also then told me that there were 15 to 20 Americans standing in her yard ushering her to get back inside her house. You know, these are difficult, uh, uh, they're intense claims that she's making. They don't really match up to some of the other claims that uh, some of the 
children told me. They told me that one American entered their home and one American uh, shot at their family members. So there are a lot of disparities in the stories. Uh, it's difficult to know uh, who saw what and when. Yeah, let's just uh, ixnay on the Latoon uh, uh, pay and the helicopter A. <laughs> That was a uh, uh, lying phase. Your uh, your pig then sucks. Yeah, but it's like yeah, because it didn't match up with the kids who were traumatized and shot up. Oh. you know, and now they're saying, oh, the guy had a malaria vaccine, and that can uh, cause you to go psycho. Have you heard There's of this? something very, very suspicious about this whole situation. Well, yeah, it's a cover-up, obviously. Yeah, it's they a cover-up, obviously, but of what? Was it an assassination of some specific people or some person? Yeah. What was the deal? Yeah, who I, cares? I think this is, there's something very strange about this whole thing. Yeah, you think? You think? Yeah, there's no reporting, John. And, of course, if we were there, we'd, we'd, we'd get the real news, wouldn't we? You and me. Together. Seems not, no. I'm going to show my support no, by donating no, to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. OMG! In the morning. I think it would be uh, OM, OMA. Oh, my uh, Allah. Oh, my Allah. Uh, that was an odd hook. Keith Edwards, Sir Keith Edwards, want to thank him from Gilbert, Arizona, $151. Hey, citizens, my donation is made up of $60 happy birthday wish for John and $91 to cover the first quarter of 2012 NA dollar a day. Please send some karma to my fellow wage slaves and keep up the good work. Fantastic. Thank you, and thank you for sharing. You've got karma. You got your pen, Adam, because you got to write this one down. Mark Fusco, San Antonio, Texas, up the street from you, $133.70 in the morning. Not asking for any karma, de-douching, et cetera, just another donation, another elite donation. I do want to give a belated birthday shout-out to Christian here in San Antonio. His birthday was Tuesday. Can you put him on the list? Is he not on the list? He's not on the list. Okay, I'm going to put him right now. Christian the... from Mark. Okay, yep. Michael Klink. Colonel Clink to you. Oak Park, Illinois, $129.99. <laughs> ITM, Adam and John, keep up with the good work. Scott in Leesburg, Virginia, $110.20. The doubled nickels on the dime donation. Like to send a big karma shot to Kathy in New York. She just finished a round of chemotherapy. We'll be starting stem cell treatment on Monday. I'm in awe of her ability to fight the cancer's chemo and Uncle Rick while still having enough energy to go out and propagate the formulas. Right on. Somewhere in upstate New York, there's a dot. Undoubt or there is doubtlessly, undoubtedly would be the word I'd use, a hospital full of milfy nurses awaiting Adam's arrival. Hmm. Okay. Please give her a shot at karma, accompanied by the hypnotizing tones of Maestro John C. Dvorak's <laughs> slide whistle. Oh my goodness, are you ready, Maestro? Wait, we have to do the. <clears throat> You've got karma. Nice uptone. Take it to Your the geopolitical analysis are outstanding. I'm accelerating my donations toward knighthood because you'll doubtlessly <laughs> get two to the head if you continue these exemplary assessments. Yeah, hurry unless, up. <laughs> unless you're both undercover disinfo shills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're rolling in the dough. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 what gets you killed is, is revealing something that's actually important. <laughs> that nobody else knows. All we do is deconstruct what should be obvious to everyone. Anthony Farmer, Las Vegas, Nevada, seventy-seven thirty-four. First of many special donations from the hellscape land of the intellectual sodomites, <laughs> Vegas. 
I try to educate with my blog, thedailyoutrage.com, but none listen. Perhaps they'll pay attention to you. I keep funneling casino chips your way, or I will until they do. Hey, if you uh, if you got an RSS feed for thedailyoutrage.com, uh, put it into noagendanewsnetwork.com so we can follow along. And it might be his petty grievances about the local dog pooping in his yard. Okay, in that case, don't put it in the network. But well, it, I'm just saying, I mean, yeah, it could but, be. But it could I don't be. know. We'll it go look be. at but it. I or he should if, it's, if he knows what it is. And I want to thank everyone who's uh, contributing because we have some great producers uh, at noagendanewsnetwork.com. You know, we talk about one topic, 30 stories show up. Yeah. It's yeah. really it's cool. Good. It's like a research company. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Without, without like, clients and money. And without money and without clients <laughs> and without suits telling you what to do. Yeah, that's the good part. Michael Pettigrew in Huntsville, Alabama, $73. Donated 73 is the largest. This is a good one, by the way. I have donated $73 because 73 is the largest twin prime number below 100. Right on. In order to get a science karma for my brother-in-law for his upcoming state science fair. He is the best. He has the best project by far. And I promise to match 50% of his cash winnings at the fair as a donation to the show. Last year, he won between $300 and $500. Hmm. The two of you are the best. Keep up the fantastic work. All right. Science karma. Let's see if we can do it. Science! You've got karma. That's a good one. That's a good one. Chris Ball, Lansing, Michigan, 7126. The last couple of episodes have been outstanding. You guys are truly the best podcast in the universe. I'm still searching for work and could really use a shot of job karma if I could. Thank you for all the work you put in. You've got karma. And here we go. Reed Lennox on the top of the list, Worthington, Ohio, 69, oh, oh, no, 69.96. He did decide. Oh, tricky dicky. So this may be the week that we stop getting 69.69. In the morning, please give some super slide whistle karma. I thought that the 27 cents would keep Adam out of the poor house. Yeah, oh, thanks. <laughs> it's really working. Here you go. <laughs> you got karma. Woohoo! Exciting. Ah, and here we go. Damien Taman comes in from Perth, our favorite city. Uh, Western Australia, sixty nine, sixty nine. I don't see a comment. I don't recall a letter. So he's in, but he's in for the big dough. Neil Henderson, Pennequick, Midlothian, I'm guessing. $69, no comment. Where's Midlothian? I don't know. Hmm. Look it up. I will. Look it up in the Book of Knowledge. I shall. Gerald Small, Chesterfield, Missouri, which is where the Chesterfield was invented. Really? The, the, the couch? I'm just guessing. It's just hey, a strange Midlothian, I should know that. It's in Tejas, dude. Oh, it's right down the street from me. Right down the street. Or it could be Illinois. But I think it's Tejas. Mm-hmm. Uh, 67, 89. Guys, here's Scotland. another small token of appreciation and a request for a long-distance birthday call-out. We got that on the list. Uh, for his brother-in-law, and mm, he got us into no agenda, for which we are extremely great, grateful. Good for him. Right, a little birthday karma. You've got karma. Um, El Yoho, Woodbridge, Virginia, sixty-six, sixty. <laughs> uh, you have to do it in superhero style. He said, El Yoho. <laughs> I'm donating sixty six sixty in honor of Hillary Satan. You guys are great. A source of news, laughter, and the best of all, the truth. The no bullshit attitude is refreshing in the D.C. metro area. Believe me. Keep up the good work, crackpot and buzzkill. Keep them straight. You know, uh, we talked about me running for office on the last show. Yeah. I've decided that makes no sense. 
I th- think I should study law and become a lawyer. Well, the, okay. but yeah, it takes like seven years. Oh well, well I, I could think, start now. I, I think running for office is a better idea. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Jackson, Chattanooga, Tennessee, sixty dollars. Happy birthday, John! And the other happy birthday gifts come from Beth Graphics, Alkmar, somewhere. Uh, oh, Alkmar, Alkmar. Good old Jennifer Buchanan from Chicago. $60 and Bozeman Sporting Goods, not in Bozeman, B-O-S-E, in Wilmington, North Carolina, nice little town. Mike Nikolaychuk, Nikolaychuk, Nikolaychuk. He's donated so many times you think you know how to pronounce his name by now. Uh, you'd think. I almost had it right on the last show, he says. And he's in the, the Paris of Canada, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, double nickels on the dime, donating today to apologize for giving Adam a hard time in chat. Oh, he's the one. Oh. He loves you guys. He loves the show. Keep up the excellent work. I'll be less of a little bitch in chat. Please call out Stephen Harper as a douchebag. No, my pleasure. He's ruling Canada by making it as shitty as the rest of the world. <laughs> That's his job. What are you talking federal about? budget C-10, Bill C-30 for evidence. Please give me some karma for the speedy completion of my divorce. I've been battling for a year, and it appears it'll be this fall... When this thing is done, hopefully the karma will push out some of the mis- misogynistic tendencies I've been developing. Sure. Thanks for all the hard work, and please enjoy my contribution. I've donated four hundred dollars so far. I'm on my way to knighthood before the end of the year. See you. Very Sunday. nice. All right. So yeah, you, you should not harbor hard, horrible misogynistic feelings. Uh, just uh, enjoy the karma as it flows over you. Okay, it's good for you. You've got karma. Tim Schalberger in Bend. Oregon, 55 double nickels on the dime. Um, thanks to the karma last week. Just accepted a great new job. Thanks to the karma. Wanted to share the wealth with the best podcast in the universe. How about some slide whistle karma for a smooth transition to the new job? Okay, let's do that one. You thought karma. <laughs> nice. Michael Lupold in Adelaide. South Australia, fifty one fifty. Bruins clothing sold another jacket, so he sent us fifty dollars. Oh, cool! Watertown, South Dakota. By the way, these jackets are great, outstanding, especially in the winter. Uh, the weather since the weather's got nice. Uh, jackets have tanked. <laughs> We're working on a ballistic <laughs> nylon motorcycle riding jacket that will be ready soon. Hopefully, that helps summer sales. Uh, and look it up on the internet. B R U N S. Greg Brunsell in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, good old Greg comes in at 50. Wendell Smith, Wyndham, Minnesota, 50. What happened to the crackpot material? UFOs, etc. I know it's bad for ratings, but a, a little wouldn't hurt. Hello, did you hear the 200 million ninjas? <laughs> Hello, did I disappoint? I thought that was good. Yeah. I thought it was as full of crap as anything you've done. <laughs> so, uh, okay, and that'll be uh, our uh, donors and contributors and producers for this week's show 396 go to org slash na and help us out for show 397 and by the way we're getting on show 400 and my birthday is on next the next show thursday and, and i'm looking for yeah. 60 dollars don't and i'm sure people are also saving up for a show 420 oh yeah 420 we got it yeah that's so that's- we don't have any we're, we're out of time uh, because we got some stuff that we don't have time for uh an audition do we uh, nah, it's due Monday. Nah, I think we're gonna skip it. Do yeah. the audition then. Yeah, but it's due Monday. I'll just I'll just tell you what it was. It was Cox Communications. Yeah, and here's why it caught my eye. 
The, the name of the spot is Cox DP2 Mail. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, really? It's like, it's like for Cox Cable or something. Why don't you just send him this, the clip, I feel terrible? <laughs> <laughs> just send that. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Uh, this is Adam Curry, Vox Agency. This is uh, Cox DP to mail. I feel terrible. I just cannot sit here and concentrate on my lines because I'm so nauseous. Dvorak.org slash N-A. So we uh, appreciate the help, of course. And um, keep it going, guys. And look for your uh, newsletter. Look for NoAgendaNewsNetwork.com. Look for, uh, well, of course, you know, our episodes uh, twice a week, five hours of quality entertainment um, instead of, you know, just send us some money. We need to pay bills. Instead of going to the movies or just paying, you know, instead of of going to the Hunger Games. Oh, please. I haven't seen it yet. I still haven't seen it. Um, And uh, we appreciate all of the support we've received. That's always very nice. So thank you so much, everybody. Dvorak.org slash N.A. Remember, when you look at your dashboard, N is for no agenda. D is for donates. It's your birthday, Congratulates himself turning 30 tomorrow. Gerald Small congratulates his brother-in-law, Mike Riordan, also a donor of the program, I believe. And Mark Fusco says happy birthday to Christian in SA. His birthday is Tuesday. And we celebrate along with you, all of your buddies here at the greatest podcast in the universe, the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, So, no nights. No nights. No nights. Oh man, I got the sword out. Uh, well, put it, shove it back in. Get All rid right. of it. Um. So there was something I've been saving this. There was something uh, quite interesting that caught my eye. A report that came out from the CDC that was all over the news, interspersed in between uh, all of the bull crap about stirring up racism in America. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this report, John. Uh, the CDC released a report that stated that one in 88 children in the United States of Gitmo Nation has autism. Yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, I'm like, wow, let me dive into this. And uh, so I have the report uh, and all of the in fact, there's a whole it's under vaccines, obviously. Um, there's an entire um uh, listing in the show notes, 3906.nashownotes.com, uh, which includes the, uh, the the actual CDC report. And uh, I noticed something new, and I have some data to back it up. Uh, this is, they've changed the definition of, uh, of this disease from autism to the autism spectrum disorder. And this is uh, very significant. But first, let me bring you the uh, co-chair of the Autism Subcommittee. And she has a nice little uh, video uh, talking about this, uh, this new uh, survey, which, by the way, everyone says we're not sure whether more children have autism spectrum disorder or we just have better ways of researching or finding more of them. So, so it's a little bit of an unfair report to say 
there's more kids than ever that have autism because it may just be because all of a sudden their research improved somehow and they know what it is. Well, let's just listen to her for a second to, to set us all up. Physicians and primary care providers need to be comfortable in reassuring parents that this is not due to vaccination practice. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention, and none of this, of course, is due to vaccination practice, and physicians need to be comfortable saying this. And to help them identify resources in their communities for effective treatment and for the support that they need. So effective treatment. Now, these things are catching my eye. Let's uh, listen to another little bit of her about screening and effective treatment. For pediatricians and the primary care providers providing a medical home, it's, it's really very important to pay attention to the Academy of Pediatrics screening recommendations to do a formal screening evaluation for autism at 18 and 24 months of age. When children... Um, fail screening and are referred for a second, more expert diagnosis, either to a developmental and behavioral pediatrician, a child neurologist, or a child psychiatrist, it's really very important that standard diagnostic criteria are used so that we can best serve children, make the most accurate diagnoses, and refer children for effective treatment. Okay, so a couple things here. Um, I have two analyses of this, and I'll give you the most likely one first, uh, which is just unbelievable. So what you're hearing her say is we have to have uh, across the board, the everyone has to, to screen for autism in the exact same way. Now, I looked up the definition of autism, And this is as defined by the Autism Society of America. I quote, and she just said it actually, autism is a complex developmental disability that typically appears during the first three years of life and is the result of a neurological disorder that affects the normal functioning of the brain, impacting development in the areas of social interaction and communication skills. Both children and adults with autism typically show difficulties in verbal and nonverbal communication. Uh, but you can't do a CAT scan. You can't uh, take blood. This is as determined by someone who will sit with your child, um, <clears throat> typically between 18 and 24 months. And here are some of the characteristics they will be looking at. And notice, by the way, that you can fail the autism screening, which I thought was uh, an astounding use of the word. So if you fail, then we have to move over to effective treatment, which I'll get to in a moment. So here are some of the things that are most commonly found characteristics of autism. And autism, by the way, there's something real going on here. I'm not making light of this. Uh, But we know it's not vaccines. That's out of the question. Uh, The child is unable to coo by 12 months. The child does not point or gesture by 12 months, does not say single words by 16 months, does not say two or more words by 24 months, and has lost some of social skills or language abilities. Other characteristics include no fear of danger, over or under sensitivity to pain, may avoid eye contact with you, may prefer to be by him or herself. This is me, by the way. Has difficulty expressing what they want or need. They may try to use gestures, may echo words or phrases. May they can't point? 
Can't but they point. Get, wait, that, okay, yeah, go on. Yeah. I'm sorry. It may, just doesn't make sense. May spin him or herself or objects. That's kind of cool. Good place in the 60s. Stop, kid. Stop spinning. Prolonged repetitive play may insist on things, routines always being the same. So this sounds like a number of different things. Yeah, it does. Well, this is very important because this boils down to the writing at this very moment of the DSM-5. And the DSM-5 is, so we're currently at number four. DSM-5 is the, it's the book. It's the Bible on mental disorders. And they have changed something. As I said earlier, they have changed something. And they are now including all other symptoms such as Asperger's, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, uh, depression, all these different uh, symptoms. And they're putting it all into the autistic spectrum diagnosis. And this is very important. And this comes out uh, uh, in in the new year. Because of this, the drug companies will now be able to market drugs and this comes down to the effective treatment, they'll be able to market drugs based upon symptoms of autism spectrum disorder. So, for instance, we already have this with um, Alzheimer's. So with Alzheimer's, you can say, well, you know, one of the symptoms of Alzheimer's is you can't tie your shoelaces. So we have a drug for tying your shoelaces. So even though you may not really have autism necessarily you may have one of the symptoms which we already have a drug for that we can now include as a drug for autism are you with me you know it's uh yeah yeah so some of the newer antipsychotic medications which so far have been prescribed uh what do you call it not off book um off label are Right. You explain what off-label is to people that don't know. Off-label means it was approved by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, for uh, treatment of one particular symptom of something. And they'll say, but, you know, you can use this instead of Viagra because it also works for that. Or, you know, if you have Asperger's, then this antidepressant, you can use that for that. It's not officially approved for, but you can use it off-label for that. So this will now enable the drug companies to prescribe Risperdone, Zyprexa, and Geodon for autistic spectrum disorder. And wouldn't you know that Geodon has gone generic, that uh, Zyprexa has gone generic. So my obvious conclusion is that this is taking into account that they're not sure if actually autism and ASD has increased or they just have better research methods, that this is a horrible, horrible way to get their um, out-of-patent drugs into the system. With the addition that the American Academy of Pediatrics is now recommending autism screening for all children between 18 months and two years old. So you have a very good chance that the doctor's going to say, kid can't point. Kid's spinning. 
Get them on some drugs. And these drugs are antidepressants. And put them on drugs. They're, they're psychotic drugs. They're psychotropic. They're antipsychotic. That's really make them nuts. It's really, really an outrage. That's a total outrage. It's ridiculous what's going on. And, it's and only I to, think there's also something wrong with the patent system because the idea, of course, is to, is to get a patent extension. Of course, of course. For of this course. new use. Of course. And so this stuff stays kind of, you know, in patent, which is bull crap. You know, it's they, they, when something goes generic for whatever reason, it's a it's a it's an invention that was for a yeah, it was used for something specific. But once that that molecule is invented in the process for making it, which is part of the patent, usually that gets past the date where, where it goes out of patent. It's out of patent. I don't care what else it could be used for. It could be used as a diet pill or a upper or, a, you know, something to relieve uh, stomach aches. Who cares? But, the, but you see, the thing is, they can say. Well, because your kid has asked, is it uh, because your kid has is falls within the uh, the autistic spectrum disorder now, which includes all these other symptoms. They can yeah, say, well, are- you know, you need some uh, antidepressant. Eighteen months, John. They're going to put eighteen month eighteen month children on antidepressants. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to do for the general population when these people get older. Now, now, so that is obviously what is happening. I have a little different opinion, which may sound a little crackpotty, but because no one, they're saying, well, actually, let me play the, uh, this is very interesting. This was the CNN autism report. And right at the beginning, it starts off with um, uh, this kid who has autism and he's on his iPad and you got to see the video. And he is, he's, he's rolling through this thing. He's, he's incredibly fast. It's like Rain Man on the iPad. And it's also a little iPad promotion in there. But it's just like, like I've never, I mean, I can't use my iPad as effectively and quickly as this kid. And he's like doing stuff. And just listen to uh, all the different words. The, the experts, by the way, who, uh, who pop up in this thing are all from uh, an autism clinic, commercial clinic. So, you know, and it's Sanjay Gupta. So, you know, something's up. But just listen to it. Frankie Sanders is a ninth grader who loves to play chess on his iPad and is trying to pass the test for his driver's permit. Frankie also has autism. As you may know, that's a neurodevelopmental disorder that affects language, behavior, and social skills. Boys make up the vast majority of cases. What you may not know is that 12 years ago, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention began to estimate the total number of cases in the United States. They based it on a count of eight-year-old children with autism in select communities. If you look back in the years 2000 and 2002, it was about one child in 150 with autism. Two years later, one in 125. Then, one in 110. And now the latest report, as of 2008, the last time an estimate was performed, one in 88 children has autism. That's a 78% increase just over the last decade. And the question on a lot of people's minds is why? How much of that increase is a result of better tracking and how much of it is a result of an actual increase, we still don't know. Uh-huh. Researchers have discovered many genes linked to autism, but in most cases, genes are only one part of the equation. And genes alone wouldn't change that fast in just 10 years. There is something else that triggers the problem. We're talking about infections, we're talking about social conditions, and we're talking about exposures to toxicants, things in the environment. Researchers are still looking for answers, but what they do know is that diagnosing children early is critical, Mm -hmm. as was the case with Frankie Sanders.
Frankie was diagnosed when he was 15 months old. He immediately began to get speech therapy and occupational therapy and physical therapy. He was placed in a group with kids who were typically developing. All that hard work is paying off. Frankie is now 15. He attends a regular high school and plays on the football team. We can diagnose autism at two years of age almost always, by 90% of the children, by three certainly. And we actually can diagnose it at 18 months in many children. But according to this new report, most cases are diagnosed late, after age two or three. That's when therapy has been shown to help the most, especially with speech and communication. Parents need to be um, aware of their children and how their children are interacting. And then they need to seek help. If you as a parent are concerned about your child, talk to your doctor, talk to your school system to see if they should be assessed, get them assessed. This is small, this is big, keep going. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN. All right. So there's Sanjay Gupta pushing you, pushing you as a parent to, hey, my, my kid's weird, the kid's spinning, doing whatever. I love the spinning thing. Yeah. Um, you know, to, and, and what they've taken, they've taken this poor boy and they forced him into football, which I think is wrong. Yeah, this here's what I believe, John. Why you force him into football? Yeah, no, the physical shit. I make think him, make him code. Look, we so you know bringing up the vaccine thing, which interestingly was not in the report because, of course, you know that's all fake, that's all false, that's not happening, that's not true. It can't be anything in the vaccines. Uh, by the way, you should have your child uh, screened for autism when they're uh, 18 months after they've received received their first 20 uh, vaccinations. That would be a good time to go and check and see if they've developed autism. But I'm not a medical expert, and that's, you know, oh, you're anti-vax or whatever. I think we are seeing evolution. And I really believe that the children who are being born now are an evolved species, are incredibly smart, have something beyond our comprehension, and... We need to drug the shit out of them because we can't have these smart kids running around. I really think there's something going on here. Well, that's an here. interesting crackpotty idea. Now, let me mention something there I was, uh, that, that's going around, a little piece of information. There is a, I think it's called Flynn's, law, Flynn's axiom or something like that, is that every generation, uh, and it, there's a punchline to this, every generation that, that comes along, is, it has actually technically a higher IQ than the generation that preceded it. Yes, that, of course. That's just a common thing. It's evolution. Now, and it obviously has something to do with it. I do have to mention one little gotcha, which is a, and this has always been true until right now when only in one area, in Gitmo Nation East, mm -hmm. the UK, the IQ for the first time, it, that's the only, the US is still going up, went down. Really? Yeah. Whose report that, is that? Isn't that interesting? I'm, I'm working on getting the documentation for that. JC was telling me about it. Really? Yeah. Isn't that weird? They got dumber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you glad you left? Yeah. Well, no, it's too late for me. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, there's, I'm, I'm really thinking that something else is going on here because they can't find it. The geniuses can't find it. So either they're all really, really horrible people and they just want to help sell more antidepressant crap, which I'm not putting beyond the realm of possibility. I'm really not. Well, I think there's a... Well, I mean, when the public relations agencies get their act together, they can really do a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone really went out on this one on the CDC website. 
it's just all about this and autism. And but it's really it's get your kids screened, get your kids got to get them screened. So to me, it's like you know, on, and everybody wins on, on the on the side of evil. You know, it's like hey, we get to sell them drugs and we get to suppress them into submission and be a slave our way. You know, not you don't get to choose your hamburger. You know, we're going to put you on these drugs and you're going to play football, son. <clears throat> and it's disturbing to me. And I would love to hear from, uh, I know, I'm sure, just looking at these percentages, we must have a lot of parents who have kids who are on the spectrum, as it's called. I've read several books on the uh, on the topic. Uh, some of the, the authors that I interview for the big book show um, write book. They have kids with autism and write books about it. And it's called On the Spectrum. And uh, most of them don't don't believe the uh, the vaccine story. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I've I, I know parents with uh, with autistic kids, and uh, yeah, they spin a lot, but they're they're very entertaining. <laughs> no, that's I no, no. I mean it, but they're they're they're, they're not not all uh, kids well, on Bill the spectrum. Bill Gates has a form of autism. He would be probably drugged today. He probably he would is drugged. Bill Gates, I don't think so. But I just don't think drugging is the answer. No, drugging is not the answer. By the way, that lower, I've got the link. I'll send it to you for the uh, IQ thing. It showed up in Prospect Magazine uh, out of the UK, actually. It says average IQ is falling in Britain and beyond. Well, I guess there's a few other places, too. Intelligence quotients have written in developed nations for almost a century. The phenomenon called the Flynn effect uh, was first identified in 1984 in the United States. It's then, but apparently it's now reversing uh, in certain parts of the world. But Britain has found the reversal. It's also uh, Norway and Denmark are the other two. And a lot of people uh, are saying, well, it's because of all the toxins and mothers are drinking fluoride and all of that. I, I'm just not buying it. You know, think about the autism. Yeah. 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 I'm just, I, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps. Well, we don't know. Well, the thing is they don't know. And the way they test is like, oh, the kids spinning. They don't care. All they're going to do is they're going to give the kids drugs. That's all they're looking for an excuse. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I total buy into the bad aspect of it. I, well, that's okay. So, I mean, I, I do too, but I have hope. I have a hope that these are really just special children who are geniuses and they're going to, you know, they're, if I had to put my money on the 200 million ninjas or the autism kids, give me the autism kids any day. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you're the one that brought the 200 million ninjas. Up. <laughs> the way they like to do these, you know, I like the way they redefine things over and over. And it, it, it reminds me of something I just read. Actually, it was read. I, I picked up. There's a book by Turvey. People might want to look at called Criminal Profiling. Another book for the book club. Hmm. Witches were part of the early days of profiling, and of course, you're profiling these kids to to assume uh, autism. I want to read from the 1400s how you would find and determine if someone was a witch. I think is quite amusing. Does it have to do with spinning? No. Well, maybe. <laughs> but okay. I think I think think about this for a while and you know since we're wrapping up the show about what is a witch. Ready? Yeah. This um, is the main main characteristics and then I have secondary characteristics which are even more interesting. They have a spot or scar or birthmark sometimes on the genitals and sometimes invisible <laughs> to the inquisitor's eye. They live alone. They keep pets. Oh no. Cats. Uh huh. 
They suffer the suffer symptoms of mental Ill, illness, auditory or visual hallucinations. They cultivate medicinal herbs. No. They have no children. <laughs> now, this is the way they were used to get rid of spinsters. And now here's specific descriptions. Witches have the power to make men impotent and unable to copulate. By looking at them? Uh, yeah, well, you're getting a picture here of... Yeah, uh, that's... Hold on a second. The science is in! Witches use spells, images, and charms. Oh, my lucky charms! And witches cannot bear children. Mm-hmm. So this was, you know, so this was all official. This is the same kind of thing. This is... That all, was that was DSM one. This is this is all <laughs> mumbo jumbo bull crap used to to propagate some sort of a, 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 a an agenda. Yeah, and this in this case it was to get rid of the homely girls that wouldn't screw anybody, I guess, in the town. But um, well, you know, so this is nothing new. Well, but I'm I'm saddened because I see these parents, you know, and John, you're a parent, you know, if if your kid's spinning around, and the doctor says. <laughs> I, just, I love that picture, by the way. <laughs> Spinning on his head like a break dancer. And he'd be like, break dancer. And, you, and the doctor says, oh, my God, your kid has, uh, has, uh, is on the spectrum. Uh, but, you know, we have an effective cure. Effective cure. I'm going to teach him how to play football and put him on some drugs. You know, I think the football thing's a little sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I... He doesn't want to play football. Maybe he likes to spin. Yeah. Maybe he's going to become a great dancer. A great spinner. Exactly. Thank you. Now you're talking my language. I think that another term is indigo children. Star children, indigo children. Uh, everywhere but the UK. Well, I wonder if the if autism is, is not as high, if the autism is different in the UK. They're just going yeah, in retardation. Sure. It's a whole different problem. Anyway... That's your pharmaceutical industry, everybody. Doping you up. So do with it as you wish. All we do here is just try to pull it all apart and show you what's uh, going on. And yeah, there's something else that should be mentioned since we're talking about medical stuff. Yeah, there was a real interesting article that ran around Nature and uh, and then I guess was re-reported by Reuters, which just really makes you wonder about any of this stuff. Let me just read a quote. Uh, by well, the way, it's kind of explained during a decade as head of global cancer research at Amgen, uh, oh. Glenn Begley, if you know about this? No, but I know they Amgen. Found 53 landmark publications in top journals from reputable labs. It turns out they can't reproduce any of these cancer things because it turned out that the people that were investing, you know, taking money from people to, to donate to cancer research would only give money if you showed something positive. So if you like worked your ass off for three years on a cancer study and it, and didn't it showed, come out positive, you found out nothing. Yeah. You'd get no money. Yeah, of course. So we got to have the cure. So that so all these reports so, so apparently fifty three landmark reports are all bogus. Yeah. Oh, really? Fifty three? Do we have a list? Yeah, well, he does have a list. Jeez. Well, actually, he said of the fifty three, forty seven couldn't be replicated. So in other words, most of them are bogus, and it was just because of the money. This is the problem that we have. Just generally speaking, it a, a completely corrupt system that can't even get us you know real information. We and we won't admit it. Somebody won't find, won't fund a report that doesn't come up with something positive. They have to feel good about their, their, you know, in their philanthropy. Well, I'll tell you, man, we, we've got to be so careful. Um, 
there was another report that came out. First of all, the IPCC came out with a, a new report. Uh, unbelievable. Um, evidence suggests that climate change has led to extreme weather conditions, such as heat waves, record high temperatures, and in many regions, heavy precipitation. This is the new IPCC uh, Intergovernmental yeah. Panel on Climate Change uh, can, report. Can you stop for a minute? I, I have to ask a question. Isn't climate and weather two different things? So aren't they? Yeah. Well, this is why we have to have an official report to put that back in because. That, oh, that, climate is weather. The climate now? is weather. Correct. Oh, they've changed <clears throat> it. Yes. Climate is weather. You've got it. But then I ran across this uh, <clears throat> uh, news release from the University of Oregon. And this woman is Kyrie Marie Norgard. Professor of Sociology and Environmental Studies at the University of O. And she has put out a paper, which is... Uh, the science is in! Fact. Resistance at individual and societal levels must be recognized and treated before real action can be taken to effectively address threats facing the planet from human-caused contributions to climate change. You know what that means, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Curry, Dvorak, time Off for your pill. Time we for your pill. No. Anybody saying anything, we must, you must obey. You, have, you must obey. No, you, but not just that. Hit it. Hit it. No, you we're must gonna, obey. <laughs> I'm looking for it. I don't know where it, it is. Uh, I, always, I always miss that one. I'm lame. Hey. But we have to be treated. That's the worst part. We have to be treated. Treated means drugs, my friend. Well, you know, I think, you know, Clinton, by the way, is, I think, is being treated because he now, play the clip, he now thinks he's a woman. <laughs> what? Yeah, Hillary or, or Bill? Bill. No. How can women like me who want to help women in Haiti and other places across the world actually do that? <laughs> All right, all right. You get it, my friend. <laughs> Clip of the day. <laughs> what an idiot. And now he's also at the he's at his big meeting at the universities. He's just sitting there. The guy looks terrible, by the way. Yeah. Play the other one. The other Clinton if infects others clip. Oh, God. This what do you make of this? Oh, wait, there's more. Young people in universities and colleges around the country who do this. In other words, instead of doing what I do, which is try to bring everybody, many people who can here every year and get them to go home and infect others <laughs> in a positive way. Was this his thing with Jon Stewart? Was that what that, that was No, called? no. This is, a, this is the Clinton initiative. He has a <laughs> university meeting every year. Go home and infect somebody, bitches. <laughs> He's just out of it. Uh, well, I don't think I can compete with that. <laughs> oh, wow. He, dude, he needs help. <laughs> he needs help. Well, I do have Senator Saxby Shambliss, or Senator Saxby, yes, yeah, Saxby Shambliss from uh, Georgia. <laughs> and he was on Morning morning Douche uh, with Milika Brzezinski, whatever her name is, and Joe, uh, Joe Scabbard. Scarb, Scabbard. Scabbard. Uh, and he said something that blew me away about... How, how? What has changed the partisanship of politics? 
<laughs> this will, you've got a kick out of this. Um, I think it still works the way the framers intended for it to work, uh, particularly uh, uh, compared to the House. Um, but the fact of the matter is the partisanship has gotten worse and worse every year that I've been there. And, um, you know, you don't, uh, you don't have folks arguing with each other and then going outside and having a drink together like you used to hear about, and we still hear the stories about. Um, yeah. I mean, so it's, it's worse. I mean, we always heard that when Newt came to power, when we came in town, that that was the great divide. But it's worse than it was even in the 90s when we were in the House. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about what it's worse. And I, I think one thing that's made it that way is C-SPAN, very honestly. <laughs> All 80 people watching. Wow. There's a little more to it. You got folks on TV, and now they, uh, instead of doing uh, political commercials, they uh, they rant and rave during dinner time on the East Coast, and then at nine o'clock you see the West Coast guys up there. Does, does he really think? Is he? Is he? Is he? Um, no, I know the answer. Yes, he's insane. Nobody watches C-SPAN but us. Do you think his constituents and then, and, watch and, and C-SPAN? everybody in the household, I might add, moans and groans about oh, it. Are you watching ugly You're people not again? Watching that crap are you, again? Are you watching yeah. ugly people again? Yeah, exactly. Well, of course, I it, have to like tape a lot of this stuff and then watch it in my, you know, my. Well, I've, <laughs> nobody else is yeah, around. No, I've got it on in the studio, and then uh, you know, if I if I and the, it's continuously recording, so I can spin something back if I see it. But most of the time, I have to. It is very handy. I have to say the C-SPAN website. You can search the uh, yeah. The C-SPAN website's great. Yeah. Well, the video player sucks balls, but you can uh, you can search the uh, the transcripts. Those right. are pretty good. So you can just go and zip in and find something. And uh, and also sometimes you're like it stops. Like you're you're an hour and twenty yeah, minutes into stop. it, and, and they, it yeah, stops. Yeah, they have some they have some technical issues, uh, and I wish they would have MP3 files that you they can just do. Download. They do, but you have to pay for them. They, you can you can buy anything they have, but it costs like twenty bucks. Yeah, that's what I mean. They should just have them available. Yeah, well, duh. Yeah, yes, otherwise, you have to you have to record it and then clip it. Yeah, it's like just uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that let that be our problem because that's what we do. So you don't have to. That's right. Are you doing Twitch today? Yeah, I am. Tell Leo to get me on one of these days. I, I do that all constantly, and he says, no problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll play for the Three Stooges movie. Yes, just a little one. Uh, okay, well, uh, promote the show, will you? Uh, absolutely. Enough promoting that X3 thing. Promote- I don't, I'm not I'm promoting the show. I promote the show. I promote Yeah, but show. promote it by No Agenda Show. Or just NoAgendaShow.com. No, no, say uh, MittRomneySucks.org. Leo will get a kick out of it. Yeah, Leo would like that Mitt Romney org. Yeah, do that. That's funny. Let me just make I just sure. mentioned, and he'll type it in, and then it was you go, go ah ha ha, and I can say April Fools. Let me just make sure it's actually working. Mitt Romney sucks. Yeah, make sure it jumps. Oh no, it's Romney org, dude. Sorry. Is it Romney sucks? Yeah, not Mitt Romney sucks dot yeah. yeah, it's working. Romney org. Right. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll throw that in. I'll say, yeah, we got a new, we're starting a new thing. Where I've turned back to be. This is my April Fools' gag. I've become a Democrat. I'm not an independent anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got this new thing, RomneySucks.org, which is up now. And then he'll type it in because he wants to do everything live. This is a great new website we've got. And then he'll type it in. Oh, go. 
You'll feel bad about it. <laughs> Good. I'm staying awake. I'm not going to take a nap. <laughs> Excellent. All right, everybody. Remember, uh, John's birthday is on the 5th, so uh, you can get uh, a birthday present in for him. Uh, go to Dvorak.org slash N.A. Of course, if you want some cool No Agenda stuff, we have uh, NoAgendaNation.com, uh, the store there run by Eric DeShill, who uh, graciously shares some of the proceeds with the program. That's always good. Uh, and remember us when you're driving. You're switching from N for No Agenda to D for Donate. Support the work as we're doing it. Twitching and spinning here in Camp Mofo, in the capital of the Drone Star State, that would be Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, my name is Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, uh, where I'm sitting here typing, I'm John C. Dvorak. (laughs) And I'm reading what John is typing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we're pros. Yeah, we are. We're the pros. Yeah, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. I just cannot sit here and concentrate on my lines because I'm so nauseous. How can women like me who want to help women in Haiti and other places across the world actually do that? Dvorak.org slash N-A